three, two, one. Why'd I get mixed up with that bitch? Cause she's got a great ass! <laughs> Hi, this is Adam from Your Movie Sex. There's more to that quote, but it makes it longer. So. Um, this is Sardonicast. Hello. Great ass! <laughs> it's a classic line. Um, I'm Ralph the Movie Maker. I'm Alex from IHE, and I'm feeling the heat, everybody. More, more ways than one. Uh, yeah, if you weren't mm. going to make that pun, mm. I was going to. I'm aware of yeah, your yeah. heat wave in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt like uh, a sense of irony sitting down to watch heat in the heat, mm -hmm. unprecedented heat. Yeah, yeah, we got ours last mm. year in Vancouver. An entire town burnt down. Uh, Jeez, holy shit! It recorded the highest temperature ever uh, recorded in Canada for like three days in a row. It broke its record every day, higher than any temperature ever recorded in Las Vegas. Um, holy shit. Yeah. And then That's the town burned to the really ground. Really? Vegas. Vegas. Holy. Vegas is a fucking desert. Yeah. Wow. It was, uh, when yeah. I was in LA, when I lived in LA, there was like a forest fire all the time. Like constantly like fucking yeah. smoke plumes like in the forest. I'm like, oh my God. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah it just happens every year. It's yeah. it's like, it's more frequent, uh, especially now, but. Um, climate change. Yeah. There's yeah. like fire bans in, in BC. Like you used to just be able to have uh used to be able to have like pit fires on the beach now you can't do it mm -hmm. anymore no uh, um, yeah it's too dry yeah yeah like maybe it's climate change although i thought it was supposed to be like kind of subtle those kinds of like things but you know, uh no nope. at this point we're fucked bye bye everybody yep well speaking of being <laughs> fucked um jurassic world dominion oh um the dinosaurs. dinosaurs are gonna take over the world that happened in the last one like dinosaurs, because uh, so, so well, like, I mean, the movie started. They wrote it that way. Yeah, the movie. I didn't see the second Jurassic World. Oh, but it's the funniest oh, one. I never even saw it. That's it's funny. It's the funniest one. <laughs> it's yeah. the funniest one. Uh, that's yeah. the only one. Definitely Colin Trevorrow or Colin Trevorrow or whatever yeah. the hell his name is. Uh, yeah, that's the only one he didn't direct. It's like a, a Star Wars situation, like with with like Ryan Johnson, like in the middle, kind <laughs> like, of. Uh, but like something happened in the second one where I guess the dinosaurs broke free of the park and are like roaming around. It was just the ending. Oh, okay, that was yeah. like, it. Was literally like a cliffhanger. Like, well, now the next one's gonna have dinosaurs in the human places. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is that's great. really Cause funny because they wrote themselves okay. into a corner, right? So that's what I was excited for. Well, that's what's so sad about it. It's like, Ralph, when you introduced it with that little blurb, you actually make it sound like it could be funny, entertaining schlock, like dinosaurs <laughs> taking over the planet. Like, it's so it dumb. for me, but for different yeah. reasons. Well, like, that but, concept man. of, like, the dinosaurs taking over the planet, like, they do that for, like, the first five minutes of the movie or whatever, and then and it just now moves this on segment. to, like, other shit. They, like, do nothing with it. Yeah. Yeah, it just shifts into, like, locusts and things like this. It's, like, yeah. another yeah, corporate it shifts into like, a million plot. other things, like, the, the whole cloning subplot and, like, yeah. I guess we should say spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers for Jurassic World Dominion, not that care. it matters. This movie has no story. That was, yeah. that was a reveal in the previous one, wasn't it? Like, the little girl turned out yeah. to be a clone. I'm a clone. Now that's, like, a Oh, whole... that was in the last one. Yeah, 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 like, yeah that was, like, a reveal. So that girl, Maisie, she wasn't in the first one, I don't think. No. So, like, she just shows the up first in this Jurassic movie. World, yeah. yeah, I'm like, so did they have, like, a daughter in between or but then Maisie had like an accent so I'm like okay so maybe it's like adopted she was a clone of like a ri some rich people um, who were also making dinosaur clones and the plot of the second movie yeah. it's so weird they go to <laughs> oh like God. the second half of the movie takes place in some gigantic mansion 
and like in the basement like in this very dark basement there's a bunch of rich people doing like silent auction on dinosaurs like they're just gonna go flying back yeah. to their islands like i want the blue one 10 million dollars yeah. and it was just like this weird ass thing and yeah, really weird uh, funny ending Oh yeah, it it turns into a horror movie. It, it's like a, an attempt at a horror. So Maisie's running around at night in the dark in this mansion, and the Indoraptor, who's just so much better and smarter than other raptors, it's a different kind. Uh, the Indoraptor's chasing her through every room, but it's like a stealth thing. Like she's like hiding under the bed, and it like cr- goes across the room, and it's like the weirdest fucking thing in the world. And there's parts of the movie yeah. where like. Uh, it shows the Indoraptor <laughs> basically winking at the camera. It's pretending to be asleep so that, like, one of the guards goes in its cage to, like, I don't know, take a picture with it or something. <laughs> and then it, like, it yeah. looks at the camera and, like, smiles like, hey, hey, I'm not actually asleep. And then it escapes. It's so silly. Yeah. Oh, it's such a this funny This is in the second one. Yeah. That was the angle the, like, first two, the first two Jurassic Worlds kind of went for with these, like, they've already done the the genetically just revisiting dinosaurs, but then like addressing that it's not enough and we gotta start creating our own custom dinosaurs with a bit of a snake, a bit of a velociraptor, a bit of a T Rex <laughs> to try and just escalate it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Joker one in this. Yeah, what was that about? That what Nothing. was the Joker one Nothing. in this? Gigagantosaurus. How it didn't is it like anything. the Joker at it's all? Not. That dinosaur. It wasn't. Nobody would have made that connection. Like it what had the a fuck? mild smile, like a really minuscule like smile, <laughs> like like barely. In the interview, he said it's like the that Joker because it wants to watch the world burn. But I'm like, but it's a dinosaur. Don't the other dinosaurs also want to watch? Like <laughs> those bird ones, the yeah. flying ones, just attacked their plane for no reason. They weren't doing anything. They just attacked the plane and made them crash. Yeah, those wanted to watch the world burn pretty bad. I would the have Spinosaurus to. Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park Three is more of a joke. Yeah, though. yeah. I guess dinosaurs are really smart. Like, remember the scene where Chris Pratt talks to a dinosaur in this movie, and it like understands what he's saying. Yeah, he's like talks to a <laughs> Velociraptor, and they're the- like trained like dogs, kind of. Yeah. I feel like yeah. this whole movie, Chris Pratt had his hands up, like, in front of him, like, you know, holding his hands up. Like, that was, like, all he did in the movie. That or, like, riding a motorcycle around. That's all Jurassic World has. It's, like, the Chris Pratt on a motorbike with velociraptors <laughs> running at it. It's the most, like, yeah. Reddit bullshit, like... Yeah. So fucking lame. <laughs> the first scene of this movie, he's on a horse, like, in the snowy mountains, like, riding a horse, and there's, like, velociraptors or something around, like, kinds of dinosaurs Oh, they around. do, like, a western like, thing, what don't the they? the hell is happening? Like, just, it, I don't even know anymore. It's so confusing. Yeah, the, the Parasaurolophus wrangling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for more of that kind of stuff, to be honest. Like the first half hour of this movie, they're like cutting between like a million things going on. Like yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard is like and no one can act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Bryce Dallas Howard's like I guess rescuing like dinosaurs from a farm or something with like this this biracial guy. I guess he was in the second one, right? Oh yeah, I, he seemed familiar. The Detective Pikachu guy, but he was in there for like a second just to remind us that he existed. My friend Cam Cam told me that guy's in the second one, and he was like yeah. really annoying. And he in this was, movie, oh, they like cut him down. A lot. Oh, they yeah, cut in this yeah. movie, he's like, he doesn't even serve a purpose in it, really, in this film. Like, he's just like... Fucking Chris Pratt's barely in the movie. Yeah, well, there's just so much shit going on. Yeah. It's it, actually insane. Like, I felt like, where are the dinosaurs at certain points? Because they were focusing on, like, cloning yeah. and, like, all this other shit. It was so... It was, like, total schlock. Like, I was like... I'm, I'm going to remember this movie, I feel. 
Like, I've never seen such schlock. Fallen Kingdom's so funny. You should see it. <laughs> How awful it is. Yeah, it's even schlockier than this. It's, yeah. it's somehow dumber. It's, it was like watching... It was like the level of writing you'd see in like a universal theme park ride. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so dumb. It's so fucking dumb. But why did they take the, like, the, like, Marvel Avengers, like, ensemble, like, angle and, like, hero moments for, like, the human characters and so stuff? So you remember... <laughs> the other movie yeah for like laura dern yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like they, they did it they did they force awakens jurassic park laura dern oh. and sam neill were easily the best part of the movie for, in Whenever what they way were on screen i felt like i was watching a real film really they were like I, first of all they knew like what kind of film they were in as in they, they like, didn't try least, like seeing them because that's what i as felt in they were like really <laughs> hamming it up okay it really it felt like they weren't taking it seriously yeah they were yeah. Neither was Jeff Goldblum either. But like, yeah. I enjoyed just seeing them at least. I, I, th I thought uh, Sam Neill especially looked like he didn't give a single yeah. fuck. <laughs> that was that was the most entertaining part to me. It was abundantly clear it was a paycheck for these people, and that made it entertaining yeah. in its own way. <laughs> like there Definitely. was there That's was like maybe I mean. one person on set that thought that they were making a serious movie. Like Bryce Dallas Howard was trying, kind of. You know, <laughs> like I don't know. Everybody oh, else was yeah. like, eh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know why I'm here. But they're supposed to be like the leads. They're, they're the new blood that's coming in and like overtaking the Sam Neills or whatever. Like Chris yeah. Pratt and Bryce Dallas. But these characters, like, they're, they're, they might be some of the worst leading characters in like big blockbuster Hollywood movies. Yeah. Maybe really? ever. Like over the trilogy, really? like what is their, what's their story? What's their angle? Like they're, they're the most generic. They're like nothing. Yeah. Like Chris Pratt, he just- They were barely in He it. just rides around on a motorcycle. Like that's all he does. Yeah, like, what is there to action care scene. about in terms of like him <laughs> is, getting to the end of the movie? Like what are his- <laughs> what are his attributes? He has, a, he has an adopted daughter who's a clone. Let's go save the clone. He yeah. likes the raptor. He's friends with raptor. He can communicate. That's about it. You know? So, in the last film, did they live in a cabin in the woods that were surrounded by, like, philosophers? No, no, no. They, they got there if, later. I, if I lived in a house that was surrounded by fucking dinosaurs, I'd move. But the know, dinosaurs but are just coexisting, <laughs> and Chris Pratt can talk to them. It was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He talks to them, like, he, he literally talks raptor to them. a raptor trainer to, yeah. like, I'm gonna find your baby raptor, and the raptor's like, okay, and it walks away. I'm like, oh, yeah. what kind of schlock is this? Like, what am I watching? In the previous film, there were scenes where, like, the dinosaurs were like talking to each other they were going like and it's like you might as well have had subtitles you might as well have been like yeah. that that pokemon yeah, episode where they're, they're on the Just island and apparently it. pika pika means like hey what's up bro <laughs> like <laughs> it really felt like and that. you know the original jurassic park that was like groundbreaking at the time in terms of like its scientific like it was it was actually like a scientifically accurate movie for the time and it was like as close to dinosaurs as like we could get no feathers and it's like super cool yeah no feathers and shit i don't know if, uh, is is that a real it thing it popularized the whole like, idea of um like the relating to birds more so than than lizards mm. um it's a big thanks mm. to Jurassic Park for that kind of boosting that theory forward even if if the feathers weren't part of it yet but this was the yeah. 90s we're talking about it was kind of yeah, early exactly. days for a lot yeah. of stuff. time and it's also a much better film. It's like actually a film about like discovery and like that journey or whatever of like oh yeah, there you was, know, scientific it, discovery. It was this is just like it shit. Was, this is just like action yeah. scenes. Like there's like scenes of like velociraptors chasing Chris Pratt like on a motorcycle and they're jumping on rooftops. Like it's 
it's like so dumb. It's, it's more like a Mission Impossible action scene. It's bizarre. They're like hopping it's around a the lot world, worse. like going to different locations. It's like the Fast and Furious. It's like Fast and Furious, but Jurassic Park now. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a better comparison. It's such a joke. Like it's yeah. em- it's embarrassing that like this is where Jurassic Park has gone. But I don't know. I found that almost really funny at a certain point. Like I just gave up. It's like it's like they gave up because I gave up. You know, I- everyone everyone gave yeah. up. No, there's definitely humor. There's humor to the laziness, but the thing that just ruined totally just ruins it for me is that that runtime. Mm-hmm. Why is it two hours yeah. twenty seven? What is yeah. the deal? This should be this should be eighty minutes, seventy Barely minutes. Barely anything happened. Just in and out. nothing happens, yeah. but it's Absolutely. so bloated. It should be a ride. It should be five <laughs> yeah, yeah, minutes. three and a half minutes. Five minutes at yeah. Universal. <laughs> like, like you're right. It's like a two and a half hour movie with no plot, like no yeah. story. It's just random, disconnected scenes of just Apparently like it's two hours oh, wait. yeah it's way too long it's just so bloated and it's because they like they have all these characters that they have to shove in and they keep introducing more like the pilot like she did nothing she drives yeah. them to the island and then she oh, does yeah. nothing the rest of the movie and it's just like most characters <laughs> forgotten about her <laughs> she does the pose in the trailer where they're on ice and they're holding knives and looks cool and then that's it she saves him or something oh yeah how did he get out of the ice so fast that was so stupid it was like underwater swimming. It was chasing him underwater. And then it just decided not to eat him and did a whole lap around the pool. And then <laughs> and then came back. And then he got out of the ice really fast. I remember. That was really annoying. Oh, the ice diving yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, that was annoying. Oh, my God. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna get my phone charger quick. My phone's about sure. to die. I'm looking at notes. So let me sure. get that quick. Yeah. One second. I'll hold the thought. I'll keep the thought in my brain. You have thoughts relating to this? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it is sucked thoughts out of my head. It like, <laughs> I really don't normally get the urge to like want to fucking leave. But oh, I, I yeah. got it super bad with this movie. Really, really bad. Th- this was one of very few consciously deciding to grab a beer in the middle of the movie and come back. <laughs> like it was at the theater. I didn't like go across the block. I literally, I came out of the theater, and someone who works there that watch my watches my videos is like. So how's the movie? I'm like, it's not good. <laughs> just get up here and I go back. <laughs> and it was just like, it was so boring. Like that, I was legitimately struggling to stay awake. I was legit during the action scenes w- was like the most boring yeah. shit ever. I don't even think I l- lost sleep that night. <laughs> I think I, I think I <laughs> just was just tired from the movie. The dialogue scenes were funny because they were so bad. But the action scenes were just like, what am I being shown here? This is like the most generic, like, nothing's happening. It's oh, so uninspired. Like, oh, I'm being chased by dinosaurs. Watching like a fucking, it's less entertaining than watching a four-year-old play with Legos going like, ooh, they're fucking playing. <laughs> it's like yeah. much more uninspired, much more uncreative, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I would rather watch yeah, a kid play with like dinosaur toys. Like. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's basically it so what much you're better. watching anyway. It's basically what you're watching. Like that's that's like what's going on basically in the film. There's like nothing to attach yourself to. It's just much like more random. cynical. <laughs> yeah. It is like I don't know. There's just like all this like pointless like nonsense in it. I felt so bad for like the actors like mm-hmm. having to deliver this dialogue. Like BD Wong. <laughs> like he's so, he, yeah. he comes back for some reason cuz he he just you know, he's trying He's really trying, but just, like, the dialogue he has to deliver, especially, like, with the cloning or whatever, like, him trying to explain that the mom made Maisie 
from her own DNA and like all of that was so silly and it gets even more ridiculous like the mom had some kind of genetic disorder which they barely explain which killed her but then when she cloned like her daughter she removed that part of her genetic code that made her sick or something so like Maisie yeah, wouldn't the, die yeah. it's like so long-winded i just started laughing in the middle of his like expository <laughs> dialogue it's just so fucking ridiculous and like i just felt so bad for these actors at points well and i also don't feel bad for them because they're getting paid a lot of money yeah. which is why they're doing this yeah but yeah it's just like this movie only exists to keep a franchise going it exists for the Everyone's money. Everyone's just yeah. doing it for money. It's just money. There were a lot of moments where I just kind of like sat in awe and just thought like, even just just di- during dialogue scenes, I, I just had this thought like, man, there were a lot of people that worked on this. There's a lot of people behind the camera right now. There's yeah. like an entire room full of the crew and then some like all these all these people on the payroll and they're all coming together to make a big piece of shit and that nobody cares about. <laughs> like, and they're, like yeah, it's, we're all really. in unison. We're all working together for a common cause to make a big piece of shit. <laughs> like just <Yeah>. money, just, <laughs> nothing creative, no art. I just could not believe it. It was, yeah, it was total shit. Yeah. It was just unbelievable. Like how schlocky it really was. They like gave up. Yeah. Yeah, I was really expecting something at least a little bit closer to that first Jurassic World, which is, I mean, it's not like good by any means, but I think it's good in comparison to this. Like, it's kind of just oh, a, yeah. a loose Jurassic Park remake modernized with the mega dinosaurs or whatever, with like a, li- a little dash of like new commentary. But this, like, the, one of my favorite <laughs> things about it was the way it tried to like wrap up. Like, it, it, it realized towards the end of the two hours, oh shit, like, we haven't really been building up to anything. So, how are we going to make this feel like it's concluding in some <laughs> Put way? Put an oh, ending in there. Uh, throw nostalgia out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Make it about, like, just explain the themes of the first movie and just say that that's what this movie was about and we'll bookend it. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. And then they throw in a fight with a T Rex and the Joker dinosaur, or whatever, the Giga <laughs> Oh, yeah. And that as well, because that was in Jurassic World 1. The Giga Jokersaurus. Yeah, they just throw that in. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Holy shit. Because that was the, yeah, that was in the first Jurassic World. Like it ended with like T Rex killing the the new bio oh, yeah. dinosaur that's like an abomination. I forgot that that like was the a nostalgia thing. plate. Yeah, and yeah. they do it again. Like the point is like nature always wins. Like no matter what the humans make, yeah. nature will always like come up yeah, with something exactly. better. It's just like, oh. And yeah, like why was so much of the focus of this movie like, like, not just the cloning, but, like, the locust. Like, that was, like, the villain. Not, like, any kind of dinosaur or anything. That was such a big part of the movie. I'm like, these things are so fucking boring. And, like, why is the villain, like, why does he want locusts? Like, why is he keeping them in the, in these vats? And, like, why is he letting them go? I wasn't even clear on, like, the motivation of the villain. Or the motivation of anybody, really. Yeah, it was, like, this espionage-type type plot. Well, yeah, they wanted the locusts so they could control food and start, like, starving people and controlling just food production. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bad guy. Yeah, like, at least in the other movies, it's like, okay, they want to make a theme park and, like, certain businessmen, like, want to, like, have the have the DNA or can, something. Yeah, you can see an incentive. <laughs> so, yeah, right, something like that. But, you know, at, even at this point, it's just like every movie, the businessman is, like, the bad guy. And they just keep doing the same mm-hmm. thing. It's like the same villain and the same cliche shit every time. It gets, it's so tired. It's yeah. like they don't know what to do with this franchise at this point. Well, they're trying to they're they're trying to rehash the same beats and the same characters now, even. And what I find fascinating about this movie is like I'm watching 
Sam Neill, I'm watching Laura Dern, and yeah, they're on screen, they're not taking it seriously, but I don't believe that those are the same characters. Like, there's no part watching them where no. I'm like, this is the same person as the other films. Not just because of their performance, but because of how drastically different the presentation of this film is even just the editing choices in a dialogue scene how quick the cuts are how like <laughs> yeah how corporate and like rushed through like the one take everything is atrocious the in editing's this movie. so bad it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like it's so taking place in, in the same reality as those other films I've seen yeah i've seen clips on twitter that have like just horrible continuity errors i'm like this is crazy like the the level of bad editing in a movie that's like yeah how many reshoots profile this is like a big budget this is like a 200 million dollar movie or something like i don't know the budget but it's probably something like that and yeah it's just like it's so incompetent yeah. the music in this movie is fucking bland as shit yep like whenever they use the jurassic park theme in this movie it's completely forced mm -hmm. like I, th that's one of the best play, things yeah. about jurassic park is the score like that's yep. kind of what makes it like kind of how yeah. jaws makes it and yeah it's just like fucking wasted in this movie just like so pointless yeah very <laughs> was so factory done. this is a factory movie uh -huh. at the highest degree it oh, had yeah. no impact when they played the theme it's just like wow okay you had to put it in there i guess holy shit it had no impact when they blank <laughs> the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Holy shit, so dumb. It's the, it's the sixth Jurassic Park movie then, basically. Because it's not like this yeah. is kind of a new issue with like trying to figure out how to rejig that the success and like actual quality of the first movie. Like with each one, it's just becoming like a more and more stretched out, like thin, 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 thin mm -hmm. concept that they just don't know what to do with. But like mm -hmm. I didn't realize I could get this low. Like people would clown yeah. Jurassic Park three back in the day, but yeah, that used to be the worst one. <laughs> I'd take that movie any day over this. But yeah, that used to be the worst one by far. But crazy? now, like, yeah, I check. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now there's at like at least two, maybe three, worse than that. Easily, standards were different. I would have to. I would have to. Yeah, I would have to watch uh, the. Jurassic Park 3 to Jurassic World comparison. I'd have to I'd have to really think about that one. I like the Barney drowning <laughs> scene. That was fun. Yeah, and the Alan in the in the plane raptor. Alan. Yeah. Some yeah, weird yeah. Shit in that movie, There's but... some funny moments in that. <laughs> I I remembered parts from that. I barely remember anything from the first Jurassic World. He's like, Oh, he trains the raptors. There was a water one. That's probably technically a better movie, but I remember more about this film. <laughs> this like memorably bad. Yeah, you gotta watch Fallen Kingdom, Ralph. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'll probably it's incredible. Really enjoy it. You yeah. gotta do it. <laughs> it's so much yeah. funnier. That one's way more interesting as far as like bad schlock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dominion. Dominion's like the inverse for me. Whereas like I was kind of hoping for what's it called fallen kingdom yeah like on steroids as opposed I, that's to... why i saw this one exactly it's because i was hoping it would be as yeah. stupid i saw the corner they wrote themselves <laughs> into and it was like they just copped out because they dressed it at a tiny bit at the beginning with now this yeah, it's at the very beginning like five minutes in the beginning and then it becomes about a million other things yeah, yeah and, and then for the rest of the movie it's not taking place in society. And even the very uh -huh. few scenes where it's like, oh, we're riding a motorbike and there's buildings we dodge instead of trees. Like, okay, you just changed the backdrop. We're not really seeing the impact of dinosaurs on civilization. You're not exploring that at all. 
I want to see what it what it's doing exactly. to society. You didn't explore that. You just had the entire movie in other locations and just you just half-assedly if that's a word addressed it at the beginning. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. I want to point out that that thing at the beginning with uh, now this like that's a real company and they oh, do a yeah. lot of uh, like Facebook, YouTube viral marketing uh, stuff where they talk about like police brutality and like racism and all that. And like that. How so- embarrassing. And now they're in this fucking movie. <laughs> like they're talking about real issues and then they're in this fucking shit. Like you see like a, <laughs> a wedding and like a dinosaur fucking like uh, kidnaps like the bride or whatever. Like takes, like it's just so dumb. Yeah. Unfucking it's real. not them in the movie it's the movie making a like a parody kind of oh it's a parody oh i thought it was that i wouldn't even call it a parody but w- here's here's the connection uh now this is owned by vox media which is owned by comcast which is owned by nbc universal which owns universal studios which owns yeah. jurassic world so it's a it's a tie-in yeah brand Whoa. product placement yeah. is what it is which is even more cynical i figured that's that's usually what it is and they they did this yeah. and they did this in such a a sloppy way in terms of tying it together so it's they included the logo th- supposedly to make it more like oh this is like a real internet media company this is like an internet video that we're showing you it's like well, okay this is the first time they've ever done anything in widescreen this is the first time they've ever had like a professional <laughs> like audio setup or like talk talked about anything other than police violence and racism <laughs> like what the fuck this is the wrong brand if you're going to try and make it seem like uh-huh. an internet video why is it lo- why does it look like you're shooting this on like fucking red cameras like what the hell <laughs> Yeah, because they did like, more. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't make any effort. You didn't make any effort to make it seem authentic. It's such bullshit. Oh my god. Yeah, that's such a minor thing, but yeah, it. it I just could it not showcases believe, like, the that's in the first five minutes. Literally, just a tie-in product placement. Like we're advertising our other media yeah, company, and then like that's it. That's the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> And it doesn't even fit. It would be one thing if and then it fit. It, and, and then it, yeah, but then it just becomes it becomes the same shit as the rest of them. It just becomes a fucking businessman wants the dinosaurs for money. Or, like it just becomes the same shit, and they have to go to like a you know a facility. It's like yeah, like like Laura Dern and Sam Neill sneak into that facility and like rescue the, their daughter. And, like, after that, they have no purpose in the story at all. Like, they don't do anything. <laughs> and the same with... I don't think Jeff Goldblum did anything in no. the entire movie in terms of, like, yeah. his character. All he did was, like, give them the key card. <laughs> like, that was it. Yeah, but he had his his hero moment where it's like the episode 9 Chewie getting his medal type thing. Where it's like, oh, <laughs> he's doing the thing from the original movie, but this time it's going to go right for him. This time it's, he's not going to get hit over and injured and he's going to have a hero moment and everyone's going to clap and cheer because yeah. that's what these movies are for. Uh, did you like the part where they were like kind of stuck over the cliff and the car was about to tip over and they're like, maybe we should lean left and then the car tips over. Haha, that was funny. Uh, uh, holy shit. I clap. But that's even crazy because there's a <laughs> there's really good action scene in the, um, in the second Jurassic Park movie. That was memorable. Where, where there is like a, a, a truck hanging off the cliff and that's like a really tense, yeah. well done, well directed action scene. That was probably my most like memorable, like watch it as a child thing. Like, you know? Yeah, I would love that in, scene. In terms of all the Jurassic Sure, sure. Well, I don't think Colin Trevorrow's even seen that movie, so. No. <laughs> he, I don't think he gives a <laughs> yeah. shit. I don't think he, I think he's like everybody. I don't think he cares. I think he's just like making 
Like he's just like I don't even care. I'll make like a. Theme I was, park I was ride. noticing that with the audience. So speaking of like kids' enjoyment of it, like they were they were fidgeting. They couldn't like focus on it. Cause it's so fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it doesn't even give mm. you like what is. It's so long. Yeah, yeah. There's, and there's no there's no like central tenants. The original Jurassic Park movies used to be like prime viewing material for like ten year old boys. Like awesome dinosaurs. Like. Every little boy loves dinosaurs, you know? So Yeah, yeah, but those yeah. movies are great. Like, anyone can watch those movies and enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, that's kind of the, the appeal of Spielberg movies, like, too. Like, he makes movies for, like, everyone to mm-hmm. enjoy. His movies are very broad. Schindler's List. And, like, they're so visually <laughs> strong. Even Schindler's List, I would show to... I saw that movie when I was young, mm-hmm. and, and I was fine with it. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, I saw it pretty young, too, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's not like too, it's not like come and see or something. Um, but anyway, uh, like, like he his movies are so like visually strong too, mm-hmm. and you could even watch his movies with like the sound off and understand like what's happening. Like that's how strong they are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like this movie's like the most bland, the most bland shit. Like you convoluted. can imagine. There's convoluted. There's just nothing unnecessary. Visually, emotionally, story wise, nothing original going on. It, yeah, yeah, it's the same story. They're just completely like spinning their wheels. I guess is the terms. Just like yeah, nothing yeah. is going on. They have no ideas Fucking of like where to take this. Treading water, <laughs> completely. Mm-hmm. It's just that nostalgia cycle eating eating itself alive again. Like it, not only is it re- trying to recapture Jurassic Park, but it's kind of remaking elements of Jurassic World. So it's just this horrible just repetitive cycle of the same shit but more bloated somehow hmm. i actually can't believe it i was stunned by this yeah i was stunned too that's why i'm like <laughs> this is kind of why i think it's memorable <laughs> i've just never seen a big studio make make something such like such schlock like such total shit it's total shit well, yeah it's, it's, it's basically transformers tier it's kind of that level where it's like, like the apathy <laughs> like oozes from it where it's just like everyone's clearly there for the money like, I guess yeah. the visual effects artists, they're doing their best. But, like, it, it, that's another point where, like... The, the special effects aren't even good. I yeah. I don't know if that's what you're going to say. Yeah. They, they look like shit. Yeah, yeah. Contrasting no. it to the 90s one. The 90, was it 94, 95? That one still looks better. Yeah. Jurassic Park is still the best looking. It's It looks better than Jurassic World, the first one, even. Yeah. It's still the best looking film. I don't know how they made a film in the 90s that looks better than a movie that came out this yeah, year. Yeah, and that's primitive as hell. Yeah. It's insane. I was I it's was crazy. kind of annoyed when like the first Jurassic World movie came out and it seemed to be getting like everybody loved it sort of thing. I was like they didn't even like keep their promise. They they said they were going to do practical. <laughs> like they they said that it would be like a movie of practical effects yeah. and not an overbundle of CG. They they just lied about it, and then they're you know. But, but the CG in Jurassic even, like, Park, like, the T Rex, that looks better. Yeah. than the T Rex and like their Jurassic World movies. It was under the appropriate conditions. They they considered things like lighting. You know, lighting and rain. Yeah, that yeah. kind of shades it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For this, I guess they fig- they figured you know the technology is so advanced now we can have like dinosaurs running around broad daylight. It's so we can do whatever we want. It's but so yeah, stupid. it's just so, it looks dumb. Use it's, it properly. It, yeah, it's completely un. It like breaks like the uncanny valley or whatever. Like your brain knows it's fake. Like it's just yeah. You, you just There's like see no the attempt CGI. to even ground it. Yeah. No, none. Like from a special effects perspective, these movies are just like fucking terrible too. Mm-hmm. Like, any visual effects artist would be like, 
yeah, like this looks like shit. Like, <laughs> like why is like a two hundred million dollar movie like why are the dinosaurs looking worse than a movie made in the nineties? It's just it's unreal. Yeah, yeah. What year was the first one? It was like in the first half of the nineties, wasn't it? I think it's I think it's ninety four. Right? That's crazy. I think so. Yeah, it's still the best looking. Like Jurassic Park movie. It's actually crazy. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, crazy and sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like good direction. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, like understanding like what you're doing. Right. Oh, man. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy, this movie. It's a big doo doo. It's a big dinosaur poopy yeah, from the first a- movie. Was it the first movie or was it the second movie? Yeah. Which one had the big doo doo? Oh, the first that one. The first yeah, one. The first, okay, that's yeah. this movie. Is <laughs> the doo doo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> if if they just trim if they trim that rundown runtime down and just it's, it's the nostalgia <laughs> stuff that really gets to me. Like that they even did it with you know the the dinosaur in the first one that kills Newman from Seinfeld. Oh yeah. They even yeah, like, you're right. they whip yeah, that they one out of. Whip out that old chestnut and have a whole like nostalgia. Now it's not just one of them. There's there's ten of them. Do you think every <laughs> reference to the original films is done for nostalgia, or do you think it's because of a lack of creativity and ideas? Um, I think it's kind of linked, to be honest. Because there might be some of them where they're not even necessarily trying to be like, "Hey, remember this." They're, or maybe they think that it serves two purposes. Maybe they're like, "Oh, we can just recycle ideas, and then no one can call us out because it's like nostalgia." Like maybe it's I, both. I, I didn't feel the member berries quite as much in in the first two Jurassic Worlds. Like they did it with the T Rex for sure. They did it with um. There's that like <sighs> there's that scene in the second one where there's the that like herbivore that's like crying in pain, which is like from oh, yeah. the first movie and it, for that uh, emotional note. Will you? But it wasn't as it was it wasn't like this movie. It it wasn't bringing back the old cast and trying to give them hero moments and like. Giving Sam Neill and Laura Dern like a like a relationship because that was one of the like weirdly respectable things about Jurassic Park Three is like they they do bring those characters back, but they don't try and do that stuff. Like they're just like tertiary characters. He finally gets the girl. <laughs> yeah, that's what you've all been rooting for. <laughs> that's how like there's just they're, they're acknowledging. Yeah, no, no, they're they're both fifty. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't need it. Yeah, it's a real Woody Allen situation. I think Sam is much or- older than Lord Dern. Not that it, I'm just kidding. I don't think it really matters for the film. <laughs> nah, it's not like that. I don't think it. I think they're both pretty attractive. Like, well, Sam Neill's seventy four. Let me just look. Lord Dern. She's seventy four. Yeah, Woody Allen's like fucking like whatever. <laughs> it's so different. Yeah, Lord Dern's fifty five. Sam Neill's seventy four. But like in the movie, you don't like. Like they're like cool together. They have like good chemistry or whatever. I don't think it's and they like, do a little bit of a love triangle thing with jo- Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, like they're just like forcing that angle because there's just nothing else going on. They're just like flirting with each other. Like it's just like it doesn't go anywhere. This is like no, they don't actually. They're Who not gives actually a doing shit? anything. Like I said, right? It's just like they're not. They're not. They don't serve a purpose in the story. It's just like it's all the same shit again. They just convolute it. It's like a businessman again, but this time he has an assistant who like betrays him. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, that didn't add anything to the film. Oh it's yeah, just another like, character to add to the so roster. So cliche. Yeah, another character out of the ten characters in this fucking two and a half hour movie with no story. It's like insane shit. Like I've just never seen such incompetence 
It's like someone who writes like the Universal Studios rides like wrote this. Like they gave him a promotion. Like, why don't you try writing like one of these movies? He's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like total crap. They gave it to 12 of them and then told them to mesh it into one script. Yeah. Like I would rather watch like Thor 4. Like at least that was like a, a like a overt comedy. The 4. And it's like oh, under 2 hours. <laughs> like okay. Yeah. Yeah, the runtime's a big one. Like I would rather watch that than over this like co- like bloated nonsense. Like this is completely bloated. Yeah, like every Hollywood trope and cliche that pisses you off. They're all in there. There's just nothing original creative about it at all. Nothing. Like, the premise, like, there's so much room for just funny, funny fun. Dinosaurs just uh, coexisting with humans. Like, you get, like, a little dash of that in Jurassic Park 2 or whatever. I wish it explored that. You had two and a half hours. Like, that could carry a a funny schlock movie. (laughs) Yeah. But this this angle is not the way you take, holy shit, is it bad? Do you think... Yeah. Do you think that there's a reason why it seems so many third films in a trilogy just decide to be dumpster fires. Do you think (laughs) that because they're such corporate products that maybe consciously or subconsciously, unconsciously, maybe there's a thought like, well, people are obligated to see this one because they'll feel like they didn't complete the story if they didn't because it's the third in a trilogy. So we don't have to really care about what happens. We just have to hit certain checkboxes so we have footage to put in the trailer. Yeah, it's about... I feel like that might just be a thing. (laughs) Like, I don't know if it's, like, conscious or not, but it really feels like every third movie in in a franchise, in a trilogy, is just an excuse to just fucking shit everything out and just dump it and be like we're done people are gonna watch it anyway nah nah like that's what it seems like that's what it Uh, feels like you know well i agree i agree what you're saying especially like the star wars like the new star wars trilogy yeah oh yeah but Uh, i'd say uh, two things you gotta watch it if you want to feel the story's complete (laughs) this is technically the sixth movie in a franchise second trilogy though it's like the second trilogy which is like ridiculous enough but it shows you like how convoluted like hollywood's trying to get like tricking you into not thinking that it's like you know the sick you're watching the sixth movie in a franchise yeah. um but there's also like i don't know was there anything conclusive about this film like necessarily like i don't even remember how it ended aside from like the t-rex oh, it- fighting the, <laughs> the, the dinosaur or whatever like was there, i feel like they could just they could make like fucking 10 more of them at this point it wouldn't even matter like they, just, they don't even care yeah the the only thread is the clone they, they only see it because it says jurassic like in the title like, that's the only reason, like, this movie exists. is because if you put Jurassic in the title, it makes money. Or Jurassic World or Jurassic Park. Like The conclusion to the trilogy is the fact that nobody likes this trilogy anymore. <laughs> it's, the, it's that it made people yeah, done with it. it's the fact that the actors aren't going to do this anymore. This yeah. was the breaking point <laughs> for, like, so many people. Like, I would have thought the previous film would have been everybody saying, like, I'm done with this Jurassic World. But yeah. it somehow didn't happen, and this is the one. Maybe they thought... Maybe there was there's this like subconscious idea in our brains of like, well, it's the it's the second in the trilogy, so it's not really finished yet. I didn't watch the whole thing, so maybe I should reserve judgment. <laughs> maybe there's that yeah. going on or something. But man, think, it's just honestly, it, yeah. I think it's the monster angle. Humans are just obsessed with like monster movies being chased by some kind of creature and creatures, and especially when it has the broad appeal of dinosaurs. 
and it appealing to kids. Mm-hmm. Like even despite mm-hmm. how bad this movie is and how much like it's been critically panned and audience panned, it's, it's still made close to a billion. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it'll make a billion. You really think they're going to stop this train rolling? They'll, they'll do like the mm-hmm. the Jurassic World stories next. Oh my god! Oh my god! Hold on. You know, it's a huge franchise. They have they have rides at like Universal Studios and. You know, it's just about keeping the franchise going. They do not. It's like the same reason The Simpsons has been off for like 30 years or whatever at this point. (laughs) Merchandise. It's to promote the merchandise. It doesn't even matter. Like the movie doesn't matter. Yeah. No. It's to promote the theme park ride. It's just about keeping the the Jurassic name in the public eye. It's a big ad. Yeah. Yeah. It's still relevant, everybody, even though it isn't. I have an emergency request. Uh, someone in our audience, please, for the love of Christ, edit a scene from Jurassic World or Jurassic Park, any one of those movies, uh, and have it cut to the shot in Prehistoric Planet of the T-Rex flapping its arms. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody please do that. Or it's like, yeah, maybe Sam Neill takes off his glasses or, or whoever. Maybe do that scene. That one's a little cliche, yeah. but maybe you can find like a Chris Pratt reaction or something and then cut to that. But yeah, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Post it on the subreddit. No, I'm glad you brought up Prehistoric Planet because there is like content that's scratching the same itch, but it's also not shit. You know, it's earned <laughs> and not the fucking worst <laughs> cynical <laughs> bottom of the barrel garbage shite you can imagine. Yeah, at least you're learning something as opposed to this. I it's mean, even like- if you weren't learning anything with Prehistoric Planet, it's like the effects are better. There's more like heart behind it. <laughs> yeah. The music's better. Accurate. It, yeah, yeah, it's less you can cynical. Tell they're trying in that respect. This movie, they they're making up dinosaurs in this movie. They're just like making like genetically engineered like dinosaurs that could like you could point a laser pointer at someone and the Velociraptor <laughs> will chase oh, after yeah. them. Just like completely fucking stupid like designs that of dinosaurs. Was funny. It was funny. It's just like it's just there for an action scene, so Chris Pratt can like be chased by dinosaurs. They're like cats now, and and like somehow the dinosaurs only chase him and not anyone else. I swear they, I swear they already did that in Fallen Kingdom. Wasn't yeah, like they did. the genetically made one. Oh, they did. Oh. That was like a laser. It was the Indoraptor. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah. That that like chased lasers, didn't it? Yeah. So even that, they're recycling ideas. Oh, so they just like brought it back. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's just like nothing left. Yeah, the second one really just wrote them into a corner. And they had ways where they could have made it more entertaining, you know? It, it still could have been salvageable. <laughs> yeah, it's like The Last Jedi. It's like that one guy, he comes in and yeah. like fucks everything up. But, you know, people don't care about this yeah, franchise. He, he definitely Ryan johnson the <laughs> the Jurassic <laughs> Cinematic Universe. <laughs> the JC. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh, they're, man. they're linked too because Colin was supposed to be directing episode nine originally. <laughs> exactly. That's funny, actually. They they saw Book of Henry and they're like, no. <laughs> oh, I forgot. It's the same director. Oh yeah, that's literally what you happened. Remember Book of Henry? All right. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, I think that is what happened. Book of Henry. Like that. That's another one. No spoilers. Everybody fucking watch Book of Henry. Okay. No spoilers. Uh, yeah. That's please. A cra- that's please a crazy book, movie. Yeah. Please watch Book of Henry. If you think Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is fucking nuts, you haven't seen the Book of Henry. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like like Colin Trevorrow, he might be like my favorite like director. Don't like, look up anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> he might be my favorite director now, but like between Book of Henry and this, I'm just like this guy makes like total schlock. He's like Roland Emmerich <laughs> to me. He's like oh, he's like on that wow. level. Except Roland Emmerich yeah. movies are like better. 
Roland Emmerich is like he has one thing that he loves to do, and that's like end of the world destruction. He wants to see buildings explode. He probably has a weird fetish. Yeah, put some conspiracy theories in there. Yeah, yeah. he loves that that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's really funny? Roland Emmerich is is like an openly uh, gay director, and his movies are just yeah. like they they so very much appeal to like swaths of the american public that probably would not accept of him sort of thing you know yeah <laughs> like yeah. he's he's definitely appealing to yeah, that's funny. i feel like that's that's why he gets funding his movies aren't explicitly con- conservative or anything but you know there's a little yeah. bit of a crossover of like whoa big explosions <laughs> yeah. yeah everyone likes him like even though his movies are like terrible like he has he appeals to like that audience even though he's like yeah this this it's like what we were saying about Top Gun, like how that's like a really gay movie, but like oh, yeah. macho men, military guys like, love yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it, it's, it is funny. Um, this movie, it, it was like a Roland Emmerich movie. It was like just action and total schlock, but like even worse than something like that because it's so bloated. It's It's just like, like you were saying, that cynical nostalgia angle. Yeah, like Roland yeah. Emmerich films don't usually mm. try to fit in as many plot points as this film did or characters roland emmerich films at least you can like understand what's going on even if it's just boring and like a bunch of cg on the screen <laughs> well maybe some of them <laughs> do yeah, yeah i haven't seen all it was of them, just but... like a, it was like a disaster movie um but uh, literally a disaster like the yeah. movie was a disaster yeah yeah uh i need play with like a lot of like not already existing ip aside from like godzilla i guess because, like, mm. Independence Day, it's all these just, like, original, just dumb. It's not attached to anything, whereas Jurassic World is always going to invoke Jurassic Park, so you're always going to compare it to that. So when you release something as bad as this, like, it, it's even more embarrassing on that front. A big Jurassic doo-doo. A big dinosaur turtle. And I'm giving this one a 2 out of 10. Mm. It's really bad. What would you give it, Alex? Uh, th- this was, like, an a-, a miserable... <laughs> cinema experience for me like i I do like the the odd bad cynical movie i like laughing at them sometimes but this one like they pushed it too far they pushed it too far so it's a half star from me like it's it's miserable if you want the bad funny one watch the previous jurassic world movie if you want just a good jurassic park movie just watch the original that's fine and parts of the second one there's just no, there's no reason for this to exist aside from just to, to print money because everyone likes watching dinosaurs chase people. And that's mm. all this will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find it so memorably bad. Like, this is like one of those <laughs> like memorably schlock movies for me. I haven't seen that second Jurassic World and I probably will. Yeah. But to. this is like Book of, this is like Book of Henry with like dinosaurs. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'd probably give it like four out of ten. Which is not good, but yeah. I, I can't deny, like, also the parts, whenever Sam Neill and Laura Dern is on, whenever, I know it is, like, nostalgia, like, cash grab bullshit, but whenever they're on <laughs> screen, I felt like I was watching a real film. Like, I, I was enjoying watching them, and, like, the rest of the film was just like, yeah, Chris Pratt on the motorcycle, like, getting chased wow, by dinosaurs wow. on rooftops, mm-hmm. and, like, that's, like, that scene is, like, completely pointless, like, like so like most of the action in this movie is just pointless yeah, like completely. there's no stakes to it um so yeah it's it's like really dumb uh incredibly I, 
I'd rather watch this in Morbius or something, even though it's so long. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. <laughs> that's that's the only thing that would like kind of put me off from ever watching it again is because it's like two and a half hours. I was so sleepy. Yeah, was, it is like two and a half hours long. I was fighting it. Yeah, that's like that's probably the worst thing about it <laughs> of all the fucking terrible things we said. Yeah. Okay, so I guess that's Jurassic World. I, I forgot to mention uh, you asked about the ending. Um, they had a they had a, a sequence, a montage of all the dinos hanging out with the regular animals. So the herbivore dinosaurs yeah. were like hanging out with horses and elephants, and the flying dinosaurs <laughs> were like flying with the birds. And it's like, dude. Like regular animals that exist right now don't all just hang out with each other. You can coexisting just means like not eating each other. Like, how, why are they all best friends now? Like, what the fuck? Playing this sentimental yeah, yeah. music, like, ooh, we made it. There's the dinosaurs are hanging out and they're best friends with all the, the regular dinosaurs. Like, it's like a baby wrote it. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, baby shit. <laughs> yeah. Straight up baby yeah, shit. Makes literally. it feel like it's for four year olds. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the writers were thinking. They're just like, fuck it. It's like made for kids. Like, who cares? Here's one for the babies. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it like only appeals to like babies. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They just don't care. It's, it's hilarious to see like something this high profile just not give a single damn about like their audience. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I guess we can move on unless yes. I don't think we have. Okay, time for the movie recommendation. Whenever you go. <clears throat> All right. So I, I recommended the film Heat from. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull up the year. Ninety five. Ninety five. Okay. Yeah. I I recommended the film Heat from the year uh, nineteen ninety five. It's directed by Michael Mann. It's probably like his most one of his most famous movies. Probably his best movie. It stars uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Val Kilmer, um, Natalie Portman is like a kid, <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just a it's just a bank robbing film, um, basically. It, if you want to boil it down to what it's about, I guess spoilers as well. It's a film about like these bank robbers, and it's kind of a crime opera, I'd say, like a very character focused on like De Niro and Val Kilmer as these these kind of bank robbers and also Al Pacino as this cop trying to find them. And the film is basically just like partly a character study about them. And then it builds up to this heist, like in the middle of the film. And uh, yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I think it's a really, it's like a classic. I think it's influenced a lot of films, um, particularly Chris Nolan said it, it influenced the Dark Knight, and mm. I could definitely see that, like the opening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's influenced like it's basically influenced every crime, like bank robbing movie that's come after, and you know many films like try to avoid being compared to Heat, and I feel it's like Heat has such a great structure that many films try to avoid because it, they would just be compared to Heat. And uh, another thing it's influenced also is I think Alex has said before, like Grand Theft Auto Five, and and you know that's a video game, but I think it has a big yeah, influence yeah. on that as well. Um, so yeah, I love this movie. I, I, there's a lot of like fun, like trivia about it that I like, and I enjoyed watching it again this time because I actually looked into a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff, which I was very like curious about, like certain aspects of like how they did the the robbery scene in the middle of the film, which is like the highlight uh, for me. And and there's also this um, fun bit of trivia. I don't know if you guys noticed, like Val Kilmer. In the film, he has like this weird growth on his elbow. Yeah. 
and and like and oh, I didn't send it, i'll send it i'll send it in the chat um I, I i think i just sent it um oh wait did i i'm gonna send it yeah he has like this weird like growth on oh, his yeah. elbow it was like a weird. large cyst <laughs> and it, apparently it's from like an injury oh um from like a, a stuntman failed to catch him when he was like stage diving oh, off the, the movie the doors yeah so he has like, this oh, yeah. permanent growth wow. on his arm that like this is like the only time i've seen it but like when i watched the film i was like what the fuck was that so <laughs> and it's weird. like a fun little bit of um trivia for this film yeah it's like such an odd like it's like this weird like cyst on his arm i guess viewers can look it up um so yeah it's almost like three hours long it's it's really um funny and and i don't know it's just a lot going on uh Alex, I want to kind of get your thoughts on it, and Adam as well, but let's start with Alex. Yeah, yeah, I'd uh, never seen it before. It's been, like, high up on my list for a long time. Mm. Um, and it's funny you start with the, the influence, because I, I could feel it immediately. Like, despite never seeing it, I was like, oh, because I picked up on the Dark Knight one pretty quick. Um, but there's clearly a lot of a lot of influence yeah. there. Um, and, yeah. yeah, as you said, GTA as well. So I was enjoying putting those like threads together. Like, oh, so this is where a lot of this kind of influence comes from, and they're like crime procedural element. I always enjoy well-written like kind of character studies like this, with the like the main hook being the De Niro Pacino kind of standoff angle, where they're like right, they're opposites, but they're also the same. Like that, even though what they're mm. doing is against each other and like the they're the counters of each other they're actually strangely yeah. similar and have a weird like underlying respect like you said your favorite scene is the the kind of heist towards the middle but for me it's just the it's just the scene where they get coffee uh, i like the oh, dialogue yeah. there the dichotomy that was, um, like being fully sorry explored. that was that was like a big moment it's it. like these two big actors like coming together for the first time like that was their first scene together i believe and um like Al Pacino and De Niro, like just to see those two actors together. That was like the hook of the movie. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I love that scene too. Um, I obviously like the heist scene cause it's like a bunch of shooting and <laughs> it's, it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. There's like a lot about like the, um, the behind the scenes of that scene. That's like so impressive. And, you know, I feel like the heist is a huge part of it. Like I love the structure of this film, like how it whole, it builds to like that. And that's like basically in the midpoint and then the rest of the film is about the aftermath of like that heist and that and like how all these characters like deal with it. And I feel like that's such a great way to like structure this kind of film. It's like that scene is so important. Like that's that's the scene that's like works yeah. or doesn't, you know. And like I feel like every other crime film, every other heist film avoids that structure because they don't want to be compared to Heat because Heat mm -hmm. has done it perfectly. Like that's basically the best way you can structure this kind of thing. I feel. Yeah, it earns yeah. its runtime, I would yeah. say. And like what what you were saying, like the the duality of like those two characters. Yeah. Like they're they're both presented like these shades of gray. Like Pacino is a cop, but he's he's a coke addict and he's kind of a neglectful father. And he's like he's an asshole. Like he's a he's not a good guy, like completely. And and that's how like everyone in this film is. They're all presented like these shades of yeah. gray. And, that's and also yeah, good about the coffee scene because they're just like they basically admit to each other like I, 
I don't even know what else I would do if not this. It's like yeah. <laughs> my one purpose. Like I, I can't forge relationships with anyone. Like I can't maintain relationships with anyone. Everything. I'm like miserable basically, but I'm just drawn to do this one thing and it's happened to just bring us together in this weird, like fucked up way. And them acknowledging it is like a cool, a cool payoff, especially with how it does wrap up at the end with the, um, the confrontation on, at the airport. Just how that's all staged and using the sound of the planes to kind of orchestrate it. The lighting it's, too. I really like that. Mm. Yeah, just like not using, sure. not relying on dialogue at all. Though. Just like mm. the, the the locations in in general was like quite a big standout to me. Um, mm-hmm. The variety of them, how they were used, uh, kind of minimizing like I don't think there are any like soundstage or obvious soundstages no. or anything like this. So that that helped. This was all filmed like on location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really helps for this yeah. kind of story. I feel if you are doing these yeah. big elaborate heists and setting it in the, in the city or whatever, it, it does add something to mm-hmm. to the realism. Mm-hmm. It feels like realistic, and you know, realism is a. It's hard to capture in films, and it's hard to like talk about because obviously movies are not real. And this movie feels like an opera to me. Yeah, yeah, it's a fine line. It's like it, it's not. Yeah, it's like this perfect line. I think the film balances, but more like capturing like that grounded tone. Yeah, like the real locations and um. Just to talk more about like that heist, like in the middle, uh, there's there's a lot I like really appreciate about like how they did that and like why it feels like so real and and like that's like what I wanted to look into like in the behind the scenes. So I I, I was watching the behind the scenes and they they basically train the actors like you know with firearms and and like certain you know gun training basically they did firearm training and and tactical maneuvers and um they also had the actors go into the bank i believe the bank they use in the movie might have been a different one and like actually scope out the bank while it was like operational so they they went into the bank they they you know got a mortgage or whatever talked to the bank teller and like but they were actually Mm -hmm. scoping out the bank and in a way that a bank robber would and it was like to prepare them for the scene when they were actually doing it. <laughs> Sorry, Adam just said the, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> the great ass thing. You just sent a gif of well, it. Well, it's the, the, the clip I just posted, although the thumbnail has the great ass uh, part. It's uh, Al Pacino uh, in an interview saying how he, to get in character in some scenes, he actually just did cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? great. Yeah, he was just on cocaine for a lot yeah. of the movie. <laughs> yeah, the character's a coke addict. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he acts like a fucking nut. Like, but yeah, he has like, this funny moment. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely not a completely likable, like, cop character, which is, yeah, they're both just guys, ultimately. They represent. A little like, bit unhinged. Yeah, they both they represent two sides of the coin. Yeah. And, like, what really separates them is, like, this, like, that, that phrase, like, uh, I guess we'll get into later because I'm not like talking about the heist or whatever. But like, there's like this 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 line in the movie. Um, it's like it's something like don't don't like attach yourself to anything you can't walk out on yeah. in like five minutes or less. Like that's like the line of the film, and like that's that's really what separates like the two characters for me. Like Al Pacino's like even though he's not like this great guy, he does have like some amount of commitment to like his family and to like the people he loves. Whereas De Niro. And people like that, like, he just cares about the money. He also doesn't want to go to prison, like, at the end. But, you know, like, De Niro, is he's able to just walk out on people and, and like, 
that makes him unsympathetic to me that to me that makes him the villain like when yeah. he walks out of, of on his wife at the end or his girlfriend at the end and you actually see like that relationship built up over the course of the film mm. like when he walks out on her that's like that's the moment where he becomes a villain to me like he just can't attach himself to people because it, he's just he's 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 trapped himself in this like cycle yeah that role is yeah i know. get the impression he's more or less like trained himself to do it as like a self-defense mechan- mechanism you know yeah, I, I think yeah, that exactly. he recognizes yeah. that in order to keep himself safe that is like a mentality that he needs to have and that's something he needs to be able to do and so he's just always been kind of yeah training and preparing himself to be able to do that like compartmentalizing people in his head into this like okay you're you have to be disposable i can't get attached to you because otherwise that will just end up poorly you know there's a lot of people that do that for many different reasons in, in yeah. their lives i was so. gonna say that's a very like relatable thing even not just for like a criminal like there's just a lot yeah. of people maybe maybe because they can't even handle you know like being with another person because yeah. that, that hurts too much to like separate yourself right and yeah there's, there's like a lot of interesting things going on there i feel with like the themes and so on um but just going back to like the robbery scene again um the the big thing about that scene like the the middle of the film i think i think it's like something people make a talking point of is the sound and the sound effects of the guns and that's always something i've been like very curious about like how they were able to even like capture the sound in that that sequence like um this heist scene where like obviously a a a shootout breaks out and like they start shooting and the gunshot sound sounds so real and i was wondering like okay so did they like fucking like film gunshot sounds in the city or something um it was basically live audio that they captured on set of like the the guns going off and they filmed it in like los angeles downtown like in i think on a weekend when like it's not busy because no one's working on the weekend so the streets are like completely empty basically um and yeah there's just like these really loud gunshot sound effects i've never quite seen a film that has like such an impact in terms of how it uses like those gunshot sounds like the way it echoes and the way it sounds it just sounds so real and and visceral and that's because it was live and you like hear like this echo echoing off like the buildings and there's just nothing like if you just inserted sound effects like that in post it just would not be that scene would not be the same yeah that's a good point it just wouldn't be the same and it's you know it's not just like the sound it's the sound and the performances the fact that the actors did all that training did all the the gun training and they scoped out real banks and like they it feels like a real heist playing out in real time and there's no other film i think that really captures that aside from maybe the dark knight obviously the first scene of that but there's just no other film that really captured like it, it does feel like really intense like when you're watching it and it's so loud and it feels so real and it, you know like i was thinking like the only way they could have done that before is like i don't know did they just shoot like guns in like a real like city like <laughs> yeah. like how do you capture that level of sound and i think no other film has been able to capture that since yeah um it, it is like really yeah, a, ba- a bad gun sound effect can be like as damaging as like a those silly like punch sound effects you know where it's like mm-hmm. so cartoony you can like <laughs> even if it, mm-hmm. everything else is on point it can just like pull you out of the scene but yeah i didn't even think it, about yeah, that it completely sells it completely sells the scene and, and you know it's not just the sound it's everything like all yeah. of those elements the fact that there is such a build-up to it 
and a payoff to it. Like you see, it actually kills characters. It actually damages their lives. Like it fucking destroys it. You see that impact. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what makes the scene so great. It's not just the scene. It's like everything around it and how it was executed. Like people took, they, they, the people making this movie took it very seriously and you can tell. And it's like, that's why the film has had such like the impact it's had. Um, I do love this film. I would probably give it like a 10 out of 10 film. I'm not, we're not going into ratings yet, but I do have like some minor criticisms with it. I don't think it's like an absolutely perfect film, but I do think it's a really great film. And I think it's great for like those reasons that I, that I stated. And, and I'm sure some other things we'll get into. Um, so yeah, uh, you guys talk more about it. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about a discussion um, for Weirdly 12 Monkeys, how it was mm. like quintessentially kind of 90s in all these ways. And I felt that for this movie too, be it the like technology, the reliance on the phone booths and everything. And, and obviously the soundtrack, like it's definitely mm. got like a, a 90s sound to it, but it, it doesn't like age it in any particularly bad way. It's just, uh, I found it quite charming actually, that, that aspect of it, how it is like a nice... 90s capsule for that and just starting this this type of like crime movie like just going back to that influence so i did enjoy that angle a lot Mm, yeah yeah i found that this film felt like a movie from like 2005 for the most part um until certain elements of the soundtrack came in it felt kind of ahead Mm. of its time for a lot of it especially in tone especially in in the music um and the most memorable parts of the film to me are the action set pieces. Like it's the, the, the way that the environment was used and the, you know, it, it just, it it felt special. It felt, uh, engaging. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that my biggest criticism with the film would probably have to be the length just for my own personal, like engagement, I guess I, uh, I recognize the great aspects of the film, but I just like, I wasn't super attached to a lot of what was happening. And, you know, there's obviously scenes that I was, um, but yeah, that would be my biggest, my biggest issue is I just, I wanted something a bit more tight. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. It's like, there's a lot, this movie's like, there's a lot going on in this movie. I think there's a lot, it's trying to tackle. I watched the, the regular cut. I didn't watch the director's cut. How this. long was the regular um, cut? I think it's like almost three hours still. I don't think there's much of a difference. Yeah, it's honestly. just a smidge. Under. Like, I, yeah. I got the director's cut Blu-ray, which was apparently only seven minutes difference. Um, it was two hours and 50 minutes, five zero. And that's the length that's listed on IMDb. And other people were saying on like just the regular one on Amazon is also two hours, 50 minutes. So I don't know if the director's cut just replaced the theatrical cut in general. And it's just like the norm now, or like, I don't, I don't know what the Mm. situation is. Yeah. I guess so confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. It is confusing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I forget how many Michael Mann films I've seen. I think I saw... I definitely saw Collateral. That's Michael Mann, right? Oh, Collateral. Yeah, yeah that's right. I think yeah. I saw that I liked that movie a lot ago. when I was younger. It was yeah. interesting when he transitioned into, like, digital cameras. It was kind of weird watching this coming back, because I'm familiar with his more, like, digital 
style because that's what i grew up with mm, um, okay like public enemies and that yeah there was like this whole phase of his career where he's just like started shooting like 30 frames per second yeah. like very digitally looking i don't know why he chose to do that honestly i feel it made his films look like kind of shit but i guess it was like yeah. an artistic statement i mean it's easier and cheaper <laughs> there's good reasons to do yeah, it. that too but you know this like obviously david fincher shoots on digital i'd say his films look filmic they look like really great in my opinion at like, this point now but there was a yeah, yeah. you know 2004 digital cameras were very different than mm-hmm. they That's are true. now <laughs> yeah the ochre transition he, he's a very yeah. like groundbreaking director in that way he's like yeah. he pushes the technology he, um, he was he was adapting like early technology basically is, is yeah. adopting uh, is what i meant to say yeah yeah and it worked out yeah um he made last of the mohicans too um that's a good movie daniel yeah. d lewis um i'd say the i'd say heat is his best film i think it's his most like influential um and yeah like that runtime you know it is long it's a long film but that makes it feel like epic and mm-hmm. like we we're saying about like jurassic world like it has all these characters that you don't give a fuck about and like this movie's like it's really developing like each part of the character even if it's hokey you you understand like where these characters are and, and what they're doing and, and why they're doing the things they do and yeah it, it's yeah. it's tackling a lot of things and it does it really well i feel um and yeah, like maybe one of the parts that don't work that doesn't work amazingly for me is maybe the the stuff with his his family, Al Pacino's family. Um, yeah, the Natalie Portman subplot is kind of. It, it is cool that it's Natalie Portman. Seems a little unnecessary, but and, and like I think Natalie Portman was a good actor for like her age, but yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah. Well, they're just trying to humanize Al Pacino a bit more than than I guess De Niro's character, or at least giving them the same amount of development um i do appreciate about the film that you actually see like his relationship with that woman like you you see the start of it and you see it play out and then you see him like leave her at the end like it actually has an impact because you saw their whole relationship basically play out and and you know and then he walks out on it like that's what kind of made it have an impact to me mm-hmm. um yeah and they were just like trying to balance yeah, it. Yeah, it's a careful balance with that that runtime and trying to balance delivering the plot and this huge ensemble of characters. Like so many I'm people. kind of with you where yeah. It, it's carried to me by that core conflict of Alpacino and De Niro. Um mm-hmm. but if there was um, something I wanted it would be more of kind of just details and some of the side characters just to flesh them out a little bit more. But how do you do that without <laughs> extending the complicated plot and the huge runtime already without it being like a different format entirely, like a TV show or something? Like, I feel like Val Kilmer gets just enough that some of the other mm-hmm. kind of B side characters, sure. um, like Tom Sizemore or whatever, I'd love to see a bit more of his character in there or John Voigt. Voigt doesn't really need too much expansion, but. Some of the more villainous characters, maybe like a Roger, mm-hmm. maybe Danny Trejo could have had a bit more development. That's how yeah, I feel. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the, yeah, this even listing them like th- there's so many. He's the only one I felt that needed more because this movie's mm. tackling a lot. I feel like they did just enough with like Val Kilmer. Like I really liked his character. Yeah, yeah, he gets just and enough, where they took that, but like Natalie Portman and give me more Tom Noonan. <laughs> He's a very minor role. Danny Trejo's name in the movie is Trejo, which is funny. I know. <laughs> it's very funny. Just gave him his name. <laughs> yeah, that confused me for a second. That made it less confusing. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like the the bad, you know, they're they're all bad because they're bank robbers, but then there's like the bad robber who the like bad, bad. just shoots innocent people. Yeah. Um I do like that character too. The and, like um, serial killer guy, yeah. 
yeah, this whole like kind of revenge angle of the film, like that kind of takes later on. Like De Niro, he like basically risks getting himself arrested just so he could fucking kill this guy. Not for any reason. It's just because he feels he needs to die. Like that's great to me. That's like such great writing. Like this guy needs to fucking die. Yeah, isn't isn't that what spells his downfall too? Basically, mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. him making that decision. It, it is what spells his downfall. Yeah, but he goes, he okay, I don't care. This guy needs to be fucking yeah. killed. <laughs> I love that about that character. Like that almost makes him redeeming. Like he does have some like morality to him, or at least his own code. So rigid in his principles. Yeah, he just sticks yeah, to very them no rigid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's something admirable about it to a certain extent. You know, he's not a total piece of shit like that bad robber is anyway. Um, yeah, he even shows like moments of like, it's like a strange place to put like sympathy. But when he, in the heist scene where he's like, if you've got like a heart condition, like go over there and like <laughs> just specifying things oh, yeah. like that is, is weirdly illuminating for mm. kind of what drives the character. He's not just like mustache twirling evil, quite like the, the rapist serial killer guy. So it's nice, like, the whole crew has, like, a nice range of, like, <laughs> that kind of, like, grayness. Mm-hmm. Very much mm-hmm. like one of these, like, GTAs or Red Dead's or whatever with the ensembles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really liked the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the scene in the parking lot where he's about to kill the guy and he escapes and the cop, you know, shows up for, like, a half second. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, the sort of, like, oh, mm-hmm. where is he sort of thing. I love that. I love the uh, scene where uh, De Niro like pulls the fire alarm and like kicks open the door and like the the action set pieces are all just superb. If I could just have just those in the movie, and I'm I'm not saying I get nothing out of the character dynamics and how they're explored. I love I love what they did there. It's just like I felt like I felt like not the entirety of the movie was building that. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of space in the movie that um, I wasn't getting those core elements that I love out of. That would, yeah, but yeah, I I mm-hmm. loved so much about this movie. I just like the, I just like to get a tighter version of this. If I could have like a different, yeah, day, then uh, probably would enjoy it more. I could see that. Mm-hmm. There's scenes that are more memorable to me than others. Yeah, but particularly like like you were saying, Alex the. The, the coffee scene between Al Pacino and yeah, De Niro. Yeah. Like, that's a great, like, dialogue sequence. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I do really like the opening heist as well, because there's one, like, at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I think that was, like, a great way to start the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, I do like that it does kind of take its time, and it's not all action. Um, it, 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 you know, there's, like, a good hour before that, that second heist happens, and, yeah, it's, like, it's about building those characters. Like, the film... It treats you with, like, some amount of respect and intelligence. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's focus on these characters for a while and just, like, get to know them and get to dissect, like, what's really going on here. Like, okay, he's a cop, but he's much more corrupt than you think or, you know, something like that. And, and then, yeah, it's just, like, and then it builds up to that action. And then it pays it off with more character work and more, like, the aftermath of it. Like, you you care about what's happening. It's not just an action film. It's... It's much more than that. It's this. It's truly it's more like a, artful. An, it's more yeah. artful and and epic and like an like an opera, like a true crime opera to me. Like all these different characters and these moving pieces, but they all like connect and fight and fall apart and like all these things going on. And it's very complex and yeah, kind of brilliant. Like, um, 
yeah i I don't know i don't know what to say aside from that (laughs) yeah i don't Uh, really have any like things that stick out to me in this movie as being like bad there's nothing there's nothing about it where i'm like yeah that was that annoyed i I can't even say there were parts that like annoyed me i'm just yeah i just wish that it was like tighter for me i just felt uninvested at points so yeah it's like there's no in memory it's a great movie because the parts i didn't connect with as much i'm forgetting about and i'm only left with like these fantastic scenes and sequences and performance and character moments and action set pieces and so yeah not not a bad taste in my mouth for sure i'd be willing to see it again at some point yeah, you yeah. get that 4K version. Maybe I was missing those extra pixels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched it in 4K. It's 4K on iTunes. Um, oh. oh, cool. Yeah, it looked great. The remaster was I, really I need to get a bigger TV. Uh-huh. I can barely tell the difference. I need to get a bigger TV. I need like one of those 80. Really, you can't inch. tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. Because my TV is too small, oh, I, I think. See. I have like a 55 inch or 65 yeah, inch. I got a projector. You have a 4K projector? That's cool. That's the answer. Yeah. So it's like eight. Mm. I mean, yeah, in the room size, it's like 80, 90 inch or something. But if I had a bigger oh, sure. room to put it in, then it would be even bigger. So maybe my oh, next, okay, maybe cool. maybe my next place when <laughs> eventually we get kicked out for no reason because it's Vancouver landlords. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. yeah. Next time I have to go house yeah. hunting. They're, they're the real criminals. Yeah. Landlords. Yeah. Worse than bank robbers. I'd rather deal with De Niro's character in this movie. <laughs> He's a landlord. What if you made the same movie and replaced it with like a landlord dispute? <laughs> and those were the characters. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like about De Niro's character. Like at least he has some kind of code. At least he lives by like a code, and you like you understand yeah. him. It's like yeah. And there's just like so many people who don't like like the serial killer guy. Like he's just like a monster. Yeah. And that's like what makes De Niro's character at least redeeming for me or or like throughout this film, I was just, I was definitely seeing Al Pacino and De Niro as like this two sides of the same coin. They're, they're basically the same person. They've just gone about diff- their lives kind of differently <laughs> or they, yeah. they, you know. They're both like former Marines and stuff. Yeah. If, if one person was swapped, you know, if their lives swapped, they'd be the same or, or whatever, something like that. But then, yeah, yeah. you know, the way De Niro just leaves that that woman who we like cared about like genuinely and like just abandons her to to i don't know to run toward nothing basically like that's what makes him the villain to me and that that's what makes al pacino the hero like at the end yeah yeah you know and, you know because al pacino has everything to lose but he he goes after him anyway because you know he's he's a good guy <laughs> or or at least he, he has his own principles um but you know you understand de niro too like he doesn't want to go to prison again. He makes that very clear. He's like, I'm never going back to fucking prison. I'd rather fucking die. Uh, so, so yeah, there's, there's definitely that element going on, too. Like, it's not just, like, there's, there's a literal motivation, and there's, like, this grander, like, thematic purpose to it for me. Mm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Just some of the, like, smaller details for me, just, like, for example, how they handled, like, the violence it's like a nice mix of it. It doesn't hold back. It's pretty brutal, especially early on. It's like basically execution mm-hmm. scenes. But then, like later on, you'll have like there's the this like serial killer like type character, and there's that that great shot where he's he's like intimidating the the stripper or whatever. 
And then it cuts to him opening a bottle in the bar or whatever, implying that violence or Danny Trejo. You don't actually see what happened to him, but it's the implied violence. I, I just really like implied violence in movies. And it, I don't know, just the, the way they handled it here, I thought was really mm. good. Artful yeah, it feels very realistic in that way. Yeah. Um, the violence. Yeah, it's not like cartoony and squibs and whatnot like all the all the hit when someone does take a hit it, it does feel like oh yeah they've been snagged pretty good there mm-hmm. yeah did you uh did you know that michael mann is promoting heat 2 on his twitter but it's not a movie it's a book it's a book yeah it's like a continuation yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's coming out august oh. i think I'm very interested to read it it was so funny i i saw his twitter and i saw the header it was like heat 2 it seemed like a shit post because <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize yeah, it was a book. Too. I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, there's a Heat Two coming up. Fuck yeah!" Oh, Wait, but what? it's a book. Maybe I'll make it a movie one day. Probably. Um, I De Niro's character. I feel. I think he dies at the end of this movie. I think you see him die. Yeah. 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 Um. So he definitely yeah, won't be in the in the book. It, it, maybe it'll be about Al Pacino's character and like Val Kilmer. Hmm. Um, Val Kilmer's character anyway and about his weird growth. Maybe they'll explain his weird growth on his arm. Yeah, I'm not sure how you do that. I feel it feels quite complete. By the end of it, it feels like the, the story's mm-hmm. been told. Just follow Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever she's up to. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about this film. If you guys don't have much else to say, um, we can give ratings or, you know, if yeah, you have um, anything else to say, go for it. I got one more thing, I guess, just on the watching it at home. Um, like, just curious how it compared to my audio experience because... Um, Had to constantly the, adjust The Chris it. Nolan link was... Was yeah, very annoying. Yeah, the the Nolan link was funny because Nolan's films kind of do the same thing when you watch them Mm, at home. The mixing was very annoying. Um, I was the dialogue scenes and the mixing was very quiet for dialogue, and then really fucking loud when there's like a helicopter or action begins. (laughs) Um, I wasn't sure. The priority is to make the loud scenes very loud. Yeah, yeah, that was the priority for this film. So I assume that was like a theater mixing thing that's yeah. kind of been lost in the translation to Yeah, they should really remix films when they go on like DVD or, or at least have an option. Yeah, an option would be good. You know, because they obviously have like different like dubbing options, right? So they should have an option for like, do you want the theater mix or do you want like the home yeah. mix, which yeah. is a little more like um like even when i play video games there's usually like a night mode or like some kind of like yeah. l- more compressed mode so you can play the game with loud gunshots if you want like in like quiet dialogue yeah. but you can also play the game with like you know la- like everything's kind of the same level they should definitely have that option i agree i wouldn't yeah. hold it against this film cuz it's so old but i feel like newer films should start like doing that i feel yeah, like that yeah. would be a good standard yeah. no, I, w- I wouldn't hold it against the film either it's I just agree. something i noticed mhm yeah, because like when you're watching a movie at home, it's just like you're you're just bothering your neighbors. That's like how I feel. It's just like so fucking loud. And yeah, yeah. I usually end up mixing the film myself, basically by raising and lowering the volume. Yeah. So it, I would rather that not. Yeah. Be a thing. Yeah. DJing. Yeah, I'm basically <laughs> DJing the film. Like whenever I watch DJing films heat. with people, I'm DJing it, like, and not watching the movie. <laughs> you, you know what the worst the worst culprit for that is. Birdemic, and it's like so. It's like oh, no. it's like clearly just <laughs> That's a not mistake. Intentional. I know, yeah. It's like clearly just a mistake. This doesn't know the level. It's funny. the most. It's actual ear rape because it'll just go from like yeah. like whispering, like you can't hear what they're saying. You what? All of a sudden, to, eh, 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 those awful bird yeah. noises they have. 
All right. I'll let stock sound effect. Yeah. Go. Well, just like, I don't know, mixing for an IMAX theater, it's not going to sound the same on your, like, your home speaker. It's going to no. sound different. And I feel like video games are so much far ahead in that way. Like, they, they have these different mixing options, like, in the menu. You can even turn music off, like... That would be cool in a movie, yeah. maybe not all the time. Like, I like to watch movies, certain movies without music. Well, games, some games have like you can turn gore off and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that too. Like you watch like a TV edit, I guess, of Heat. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess if we don't have much else to say about it, um, we could just go into ratings. I'd, I'd give it a ten. I think it's a classic. I don't think it's absolutely perfect, stunning film. I actually do kind of think The Dark Knight is a bit better than this film. It's just mm. a bit. Um, but, but I love both films and I, I really appreciate like what this film was doing and just like the technical execution of like these really important scenes, like the, the heist scene, like that, fe- that scene does feel so like raw and impactful for the, the reasons I said, like it's, they took it very seriously and they, they put a lot of work into like these elements that when you're watching the film, you don't really pick up on, but when you see the behind the scenes, you're like, oh yeah, that's why it worked like as well as it did. And I enjoy the character stuff and the themes and all this other stuff going on. I, I you know, I, I love this film. I think it's great. Um, go ahead, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a great time with this one. Um, as far as where it kind of stands for me with the like crime nineties movies, I'm, it's not really at the top. I don't know if it, maybe if I'd seen it when I was a bit younger, it would sit higher or, or something. But if I'm comparing it to what, like a silence of the lamb seven, Fargo, Goodfellas type thing. It's like just a smidge under there for me still. Mm. So I'd give it like a, a, a four star kind of eight out of 10. Really solid. I like the characters. I like a lot of the dialogue can just be a bit kind of dry in some of the, the like plot stuff, but that might just be a first viewing. Like it is a chunky big epic, as you said, but it does earn that runtime though in the end. Mm-hmm. This is definitely up my alley. This is like, I, love, yeah, I love crime movies. Yeah. This is like one of the best for me. It's fine. Yeah. I'd uh, definitely be willing to watch it again. See if that changes. For now, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Uh, everything I remember about it, fantastic, brilliant. Uh, but a lot of the movie is also made up of parts I don't remember because I was kind of out mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> But, uh, Are you calling me stupid? <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> Our fans want us to fight. They're so fucking. Obnoxious. I'm so mad at you now. <laughs> oh, fuck I, you, you recommended asshole. a movie that I thought was good, but I'll not as great as you. you. <laughs> I am a stupid baby now. <laughs> Whatever. Drama Monday. Oh, uh, okay. Good. I'm glad you guys watched it. Yeah. All right. Moving on two questions that's funny these are recorded on mondays yeah yeah it's literally <laughs> drama monday <laughs> all right question time okay let's do some questions from the sardonicast community if you want to leave your own questions head over to the suggestion thread on the subreddit where you can ask us whatever you feel like just like butter 467 did who says recently there's been this controversy over certain actors and actresses like taylor swift and margot robbie You've been known for speaking out during the Me Too movement that are now starring in the new David O. Russell film Amsterdam. David O. Russell has been known for stuff such as abusing actors on set for his movies and did incest on his niece. What? Do you guys feel that these actors are being hypocritical for working with David O. Russell or do you believe there's more to it than we think? I'm going to look this up. Do you not know about the, yeah, look at the the incest thing? Um, 
So I was reading through his, his Wikipedia the other Why? day. <laughs> okay, the article, dailybeast.com, the article title is, is such a mouthful. Why has David O. Russell never answered for groping his trans niece? <laughs> yeah, that's the story. <laughs> I, I read it like a week ago or so, trying to keep what? up with this. Holy shit. Oh, claiming she was, act quote, acting very provocative. What the fuck? Yeah, really? Did you not know about this one? Yeah, his Dude! niece. <laughs> I had no idea. The? Yeah, that's such a... I've seen the clip oh. of him, like, losing his shit on the set of I Heart yeah. Huckabees. I've seen that. Oh, but that was yeah. funny, though. That was, like, hilarious. Like, when he, when he like, walks awkward. out of the room, and then he, like, he yeah, runs the, in the door. the doorway on yeah. the set. And that was fucking hilarious. That but was funny. I, yeah. I felt bad for the actors, though. The, the, the thing about his niece, I don't... I've heard about the thing with his niece. I don't know about that as much. I didn't know his justification for it. That's funny. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. David right. O. Russell's an asshole, definitely. 19 at the time, had been visiting Russell and her mother uh, at an embassy suites in Florida. The report states, we're working out together, and then when offered to help her with ab exercises and placed his hand on her abdomen to point out the muscle groups, various exercises engaged. He placed his hand right above her genitals, she said. She felt something against him, Slipped his hand under her shirt and felt both breasts... Okay, mm. that's bad. That's very bad. Yeah. No, okay, no. yeah, th this is... Uh, what a piece of shit. What the fuck? <laughs> I thought he was just like... I thought he was just like a angry boy. Not a rapey boy. Um, when was that article like published? The one you're reading uh, Let's see. Because how new 2021. is this? Oh. June 2021. So I don't know what when the police report was filed... In 2012. Oh. So, yeah, this, this article is like like a retrospective about, like, why he's still an asshole, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Because wow. I saw that clip of him, how he was behaving on, on set. Um, and I just wanted to, like, fill in the backstory of, like, what is, I guess he's, like, an asshole or whatever. And, like, difficult to work with. Yeah, he's a big asshole. Which, like, is, like, a notorious thing. And, like, obviously in creative fields, you're going to have, like, difficult people. But this, it seems like something else like on man level kind of thing it's crazy that this was like out there and then the academy decided that he's their favorite director like, <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny it was, it's just the obligatory he makes a new movie and it gets a bunch of nominations thing you know mm, yeah he is a giant asshole That's so weird they love pedophiles i guess that wasn't pedophilia that was incest was that after silver linings what was the one that ushered all that in Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, well, I, I like that movie. Was it American Hustle or Silver Linings first? Whichever. Yeah, I remember Hustle. like... I think it was Silver, Silver Linings came first, right? I'm going to look this mm -hmm. up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm David O. Russell, my jimmies. Well, he's made a lot of good movies, you know. Yeah, five yeah. Oscar noms. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about The Fighter. Yeah. We can put him on the list now with uh, Woody Allen and Brian Singer and <laughs> Brett Ratner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so... Holy shit. The Fighter was his first, like, Oscar-y movie, I think. Yeah. Mm hmm Silver Linings, I think, got some stuff, The too. Fighter came before... Yeah. The Fighter had, was two Oscar uh, noms, and then Silver Linings oh. came out, and then American Hustle. And then, like, I think even mm. Joy got an Oscar nom. Yeah, yeah, Joy, which is not very it's good like, what movie. the fuck? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, God, I forgot about that as well. 
<laughs> I was thinking about that movie. Yeah, I was thinking about the, that movie the other day. And that day. was like the last thing he directed. So like literally every yeah. single movie from The Fighter, one, two, three, the four movies in a row, just like Oscar nominations, just because. Or maybe it's maybe the Academy was, was more like we like Jennifer Lawrence and he just keeps putting her in his movies. Maybe that was like part of it. Mm-hmm. That too. Yeah. I do like kind of. a lot of those. I haven't seen The Fire. I like Silver Linings. I think American Hustle is okay. It's not great. It's like a bit of a mess. Um, yeah, that's what I remember is it just being kind of all over the place. I, I, I just, I guess to more answer the question of like, as far as the actors working with him, I think it's very difficult position. Like you, you want to be in good stuff, you know? And like yeah. the director, and it's just hard to be in like a good role and get American a good Hustle film. American was nominated uh, for ten Oscars. Yeah, yeah, That's a lot. Um, yeah. I feel like it's very difficult. I like, remember enjoying it, but mm-hmm. I, I I liked it just fine. I feel like if any, like if I was in that position of like Ralph, you could be in like the next Woody Allen film. Like you could, I, I like it, that would be, that would be a hard choice. Like or I don't know any any like director who's like had some complicated mm. like if anyone got an offer to be in a roman polanski movie you would you would have to think about it i do think there's like this it's not so black and white yeah well it always goes back to this uh, artist thing it's not so like you you an actor's really thinking about their career and being in great films and you know it, it's definitely it's definitely a balance it, it's definitely a hard thing to think about i don't think there's a clear-cut answer hmm. for it like you know if Louis C.K. offered, like, Ralph, you could be in my new movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like Louis C.K. made the Horace and Pete, and you made, like, I don't agree you know, with films that have, have an audience. I don't agree with lumping in Louis C.K. with the others in this. I think that his, cri- his crime yeah, was sure. notably not as bad as the, as the mm-hmm. incest rapist. He's rape not a rapist. Yeah. He's just an, he's just an mm. asshole. Yeah. yeah. He, it I, don't, was, I don't think he's like a total. I, I'm comfortable with Louis CK being shamed for what he did and then just moving on and he's not going to do it again. And hopefully <laughs> like, I'm comfortable with that yeah. scenario of we're all like, dude, that was fucking stupid. You're a dumbass. That was wrong. Like, yeah. This is more than he's like he's abusing his power. He's like he knows he's like a famous comedian. He just he abuses his his position to like I don't know jerk off in front of getting off women. On. Like that's yeah. That's, it's uh, you know, I would never do something like it's that. It's creepy. You know? And most most people wouldn't. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like yeah. It's very creepy. It's taking advantage of your power, and you know. In that way, it's it's similar to like what these other guys are doing. It's obviously just a much more extreme example. Like he didn't rape anyone, like Harvey Weinstein did. But it's mm. that same kind of mentality where you think you're like above other people, more specifically above women. That you think you can like mistreat them for their career. I think he probably just had a humiliation fetish and told himself stories. Like because apparently what happened was like mm. he would he would have women in his room or wherever, like invite them back and just be like, Hey, want to watch me jerk off as like, and they think it's a joke. And then he just actually does it. And then like, Mm. if if, correct me if I'm wrong, like, I don't know if any of them were like, no, you put it away or like told him to stop. Like, I don't know if that ever happened and he just didn't stop. I don't think that was a scenario. Well, right. Cause he's, you could say it's cause he's famous. Yeah. And and it's still wrong. It's still wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's still like, dude, you shouldn't do like, it doesn't matter if it's the whole people saying like, well, if she didn't say no, it's okay. Like, no, it's still wrong. You shouldn't do that. Right. But I think that it's a, a quite a few degrees away from 
Polanski, Woody Allen, David O. Russell. Like, yeah, I'm I'm not comfortable putting them oh, in the yeah, same. Oh yeah, they literally category, like rape children. Is what yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> sure. CK came out around that. Like a lot of that news was around the same time as Harvey Weinstein. He did get like lumped into. It was that. in the big Me Too thing. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he was part of, like that Me Too. I don't think he's as bad as like. Yeah, definitely yeah. those other people. I'm comfortable that he s- still has a career. I, I don't think he deserves to not have that a casting couch mentality it. and like yeah, like having power over women and like abusing them sexually like that. Like that is not okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 100% up, like, not okay. Mm-hmm. So like under the condition yeah, that he never not, fucking does you know, that again, then I'm fine with him. Yeah, just because it's not illegal doesn't mean yeah. it's like a morally good thing. Like it, that's completely fucked up. Yeah thing to do with like your position and fame and now he's less famous because of it and yeah he deserves that because he clearly can't handle it you know it's not even a diss toward him he can't handle those relationships <laughs> i can hopefully this doesn't come back to bite me in the ass but i can believe that he stopped doing I, I can't it. even listen to him anyway i can't listen to his comedy i think he's still funny i'll see his new film uh, oh, yeah? eventually yeah, but I, I can't even listen yeah. to him. I think he's just such a piece of shit. I really liked his HBO show back in the day. I'll still listen just to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In his prime, I thought he was like one of my favorite comedians. But, you know, after that, I'm just like, I can't even listen to him. I, mm. I can't laugh at him. I think he's just so disgusting. You know, it's like, again, like that casting couch mentality. Like, I don't I don't make films to like have sex with actresses or whatever. I make films because like, I want to make films. Like, I want to... <laughs> I want to express myself or what I don't make films to, to abuse people. Like that's mm-hmm. it's so shitty. It's so disgusting. Like, and that, like that mentality, like that's what people think films are, especially in Hollywood. And it's because of people like that. And like, you know, uh, other people who, who do the same thing. There's definitely people. Yeah. Who aren't that bad. But <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to look into the allegations more. Maybe. Like. But, yeah, definitely. There's worse examples. Rowan Polanski, is a worse example. Brian Singer, like those people are pieces of shit. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Um, but as far as like the acting thing, like obviously there's a he has a new movie out. People still work with with Louis C.K. Like you know Nick DiPaolo's in his new movie or whatever. Like it, it, if you if you want to be in a good role and be in a good movie, there's just there's this some there's something much more complicated there than just like okay this person's bad. Mm-hmm. yeah well it's like a whole it's like part political it's part like career moves yeah. you want to be in a like, good film yeah yeah like what is emma watson doing like emma watson mm-hmm. should be in a high profile film she's not doing anything since harry potter she hasn't done anything she did bling ring and she did like mm-hmm. perks of being a wildflower and I, I don't think i don't even has she been in any film recently she was in the circle which was like total she's shit. in like beauty and the beast wasn't she with disney yeah, that's a big one yeah. i'm sure the director of the circle is a nice guy i mean maybe not but like you know that's you don't want to be in a bad film either that's what i mean it's a fucking she balance. hasn't been anything since 2019 for little women which oh little women that's right that was a big movie she's still in big stuff she's still mm-hmm. but like yeah nothing announced for a while yeah actually. she needs to make smart career moves yeah and like you know working with david or russell i mean maybe maybe she didn't know about this shit at the I time she was in noah <laughs> you know you don't know what's going on uh, yeah it's it's weird um i don't think it's so black and white i think like we've said before like there's all those actors who signed the, the petition to defend woody allen yeah roman polanski i think right Roman Polanski, sorry, not not William. Yeah, Pol- yeah it was Polanski. Yeah, they're all like the same to me at this point. And mm-hmm. 
you know, like, it's <laughs> like, cause it's like, yeah, these guys are important directors. They've made great films. Roman Polanski's made Rosemary's Baby and Chinatown and, and Woody Allen's made Manhattan and Annie Hall. And like, you know, this like, where you're not going to work with the director of Annie Hall. There's, there's something going on there that's much more complicated mm-hmm. than I think people who aren't like artistically minded or not thinking about that kind of thing or their reputation or their career or like they're not even savvy you're not gonna work with the director of jeepers creepers (laughs) (laughs) that guy's like yeah he he went to prison for like pedophilia oh really jeepers and he's back and he's making movies i think yeah the jeepers creepers director he's like not as Mm. he's not as common of a talking point as like because he's never made a good movie (laughs) There's, there's bad directors too yeah yeah, Victor yeah, yeah. Salva, like, went to jail for pedophilia, and now he's, like, is he coming back? Back at it. Yeah, he's making <clears throat> movies again. Another dream. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put my career on the line for that guy, but, but, you know, for, like, someone like Roman Polanski, maybe. You gotta be in the new Jeepers Creepers movie. You just don't know unless you're that actor in that position. Man. Making that decision. That's crazy. I mean, that's just it. And there's a reason high-profile actors are still in these things. Imagine the conversations with, like, producers and, like, perhaps even distributors and studios that are getting... Like, they're all, like, small scale for the movies that he's making now. But they're getting behind him, and they they have to know about this. And so they're making a calculated decision in terms of, like, okay, so we can make this with this director, and people watching the film will be ignorant enough about who it's made by that we can do this with no issues. I think that mm-hmm. that's kind of funny because it's like, well, what is he bringing talent to the, pr- is he like that talented that you're willing to take that risk? Like mm, you can't get yeah. anyone else to like take on, like, are you just friends with him and you're just trying to give him a job? Like what's, I'm, I'm interested in what dynamics are taking place. He's here. clearly got some cachet. Mm-hmm. Like they're selling Amsterdam. Like the poster is just like the cast, basically in big, like white font, just like who is in it. So there must be something going on there. Mm, like it, yeah. It's not in big letters like David O. Russell. It's more just like De Niro's oh, yeah. in here. Mike Myers is in here. So we saw Dunn. Rami Malek is in here. Rami Malek. Yeah. Mike Myers. So I guess they just know mm-hmm. that all all those actors' cachet like kind of overpowers the creepy. Look at all these huge people. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. What a piece of shit. Dude, um, I can't believe you know, it. Polanski has a new film coming out too. Polanski has a new film. Yeah, he never stops. Mickey Rourke. Oh, Mickey Rourke. Hmm. That's so funny. Mickey Rourke's going to be in it. 2023, it's called The Palace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Kevin Spacey, too, he's got a new film coming out. I saw the trailer. It looks like total shit. But yeah, that's that funny. Awful. Like, the, these people, they're not going to stop working, like, unless they're in jail, obviously. It's like, you, you know, they're just going to keep doing their thing. Like Yeah, which is weird, because, like, so a lot of these people we're talking about are just so unbelievably rich that you could just retire and have a good life. And it's it kind of interesting that they're so passionate about what they're doing that they need to keep doing it, or they feel like they need to be in the spotlight more because they're narcissists. It yeah, exactly. Could What's be the motivation? One or the other, but you know, It could know. be a mix of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could definitely be a mix of both. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do kind of sometimes go hand in hand. They do feel they're, they're so talented, they need to offer their talent to, like, the world. Or mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. John Cleese. That's the thing about, like, just the entertainment industry. Like, it's like a different breed of human, almost. Once you're in that mm-hmm. world and, you're, and you are a Margot Robbie or whatever, you're, like, half human, half like product yeah <laughs> so like where do you how do you even balance this stuff while thinking about ethics while thinking about your career while thinking about 
It's just like a nightmare. That's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. You have to think about like the morality of it, but there's also just all these other things going on that are so much more complicated that, you know, people not in that position aren't thinking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy to not be in it and comment. And, you know, I can definitely sympathize with to a certain extent. I don't think I would ultimately like be in a movie from, from someone who I just so despise, you know, <laughs> but like, yeah, there's definitely something there that is to be thought about. Yeah. I find it more like strange when it's like, like Taylor Swift is like specifically on this poster and like in this movie. I don't, I don't really consider her like an actor the same way I do a Margot Robbie. So I question the mm-hmm. the motivation in a different way. Like she was also mm-hmm. in Cats or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I'll tell you what's crazy. Oh, this question <laughs> from CC Buddy Rider. We got a crazy one. This is a crazy one because I was, I was having a little look um, when I was gathering the questions and was having like finding this interesting. But the CC Buddy writer says, "Not a question, but I'd love to hear you guys react to the list of the highest-grossing films of all time in France, yeah. as it seems the last ten to fifteen years of Disney's cultural totalitarianism <laughs> just seems to not exist over there." But I'll post in the Discord and a link to the to the wiki. Okay. Hmm. Because it's kind of interesting, because there is not one in the top, like, how, long, how far do you have to go down for even, I think there even is a Marvel movie on here to be seen. You've got, you got some Star Wars in there kind of buried down, but mm-hmm. number one is Titanic. Yeah. We got the the yeah. OG Snow White is in there, which is crazy. The 1938. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah, number four. Yeah. Hmm. The Intouchables, which I thought was just so lame. <laughs> that was a so bland. Uh, the third highest grossing film. <laughs> I know. But it, it felt like a very, like, you know, crowd-pleasing sort of thing. Yeah. Asterix. Okay. Like Avatar? Is it number eight? Fucking, holy shit. Some of these, they're so ancient. Ten Commandments, Ben-Hur. Yeah. OG Cinderella? What the fuck? Aristocats? The original Lion King, not the new one. Yeah, the one. original one, not the remake. That is what is interesting. Apparently, people in mm. France stopped watching movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck? right? <laughs> That's yeah, like- if you just look at, like, the, the years, like, there's not much past, like, 2050. Oh, there's one twenty. Is this adjusted for inflation? The Lion King remake is in there. Ratatouille. Oh, it's number of tickets sold. So it's not even, it has nothing to do with inflation. Mm, yeah. yeah. Skyfall. Yeah, it's literally just counted by t- tickets. Mm-hmm. Wow. Based France watching uh, the original Lion King more times in theaters than the remake. Fucking based. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Should be proud. The one country. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. That's, that's number uh, 87. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of French movies on here. Um, France is, you know, for in many ways, kind of like an insular culture. Um, mm-hmm. They they pay a lot of attention to other French things. Yeah, that was the conclusion I was taking away. Oh no, the the, the, new, the new Lion King is on here. I, I know, I know. Lion there's King. a there's a lot yeah, of yeah, classic, yeah. you know, it's just buried down uh, American movies that get dubbed to France. But the the amount of French mm-hmm. movies here is is pretty impressive. Yeah, the original Lion King's still higher than than yeah the the Lion King 2019. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I guess the the public just doesn't 
care about the same things in the same way. Yeah, right. no Marvel movies really. So. Mm-hmm. It's a very different culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like no Marvel movies here. That's that's crazy. Very weird. Mm. Maybe they're all just pirating. They're all just a bunch of pirates. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> like uh, I think was Clockwork Orange is on here. Yeah, like Clockwork Orange is one of the highest grossing movies in France. Like that's fucking nuts. <laughs> like Clockwork Orange. <laughs> Yeah, like Dr. Zhivago is at number 33. It's from the 60s. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. Cool. If you go to the French production section, you see a bunch of Luc Besson films. The Fifth Element. Oh, of course. And then at number 100, just barely making oh, yeah, the yeah. cut, Lucy. <laughs> is Valerian on there? I don't think Valerian had as many tickets sold as Lucy, but... Not not even French people like that. I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, so poor Valeria. All right, interesting. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. All right, next. Let's do this one then from Mu Ichigo. Do you think it's a requirement when you go into a movie that you're expected to do research afterwards? For example, Adam had to do a lot of deeper research into Synecdoche, New York. I personally love researching movies afterwards, but I wonder if you think this may sometimes ruin a movie. I would argue with the word expected. Um, I wouldn't consider Synecdoche, New York to be a film that expects you to research after. You're rewarded for it. It's not an expectation. There are films that require, yeah. that, that expect you to, like, uh, uh, what is that one called where you had to read a comic book? Oh, oh, Southland Hills. Oh, yeah, Southland, Southland Hills, yeah. 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 Alex's favorite movie, right? <laughs> yes, my um, fave. Yeah, Southland Tales, that's an expectation because, like, like I'm sorry. Definitely. <laughs> what? <laughs> the first, like, how long in your movie you had to read a comic book? The, yeah, the film Tenet has, like, a whole, like, t- entire YouTube channels dedicated to just explaining, like, the, the logic of it. <laughs> like, just how, what the fuck happened in the movie, which is quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I still like that movie, but yeah. Maybe Chris Nolan's movies are like yeah, that. Yeah, something like Dune as well is, kind of falls into it just a little bit. Uh, but again, it, it it works and is interesting kind of on its own and acts as a good platform yeah. to like, jump off of. A lot of... Uh, I, I feel like the... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of adaptations from books that fall into this category because I made yeah. a review of The Hunger Games a while ago and a lot of the fans would leave comments being like, what do you mean they never explained that? That was explained in the book. I'm like, I watched the movie. <laughs> like, you shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't have to read the book to understand what's happening in the movie. Like, that's not this is separate product. That you shouldn't be expected to read the book beforehand. And if you are, then just read the book. Why watch the movie? Right? You, you didn't mm-hmm. sell these as like a complete package. You didn't you didn't tell you didn't hand these out with tickets to the film. You know. So that's kind of annoying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's um depending on the movie, yeah. There's there's some that tackle like real life events where you're supposed to like there's an expectation of of understanding like um like political relationships or like global politics like to uh, in order to know what's happening in the film, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, especially if they're in other countries that you're not familiar with or yeah. some are a bit more obscure. It's, it's good to do research and that kind of stuff. But it's also just one of the most fun things about it to me. It's like one of the reasons I love Stalker so much. Like it's, it's just almost a story in and of itself, like how they got the damn thing made, like the whole mm-hmm. the, the background mm-hmm. of it, the behind yeah. the scenes of what was going on and the context of it. 
Yeah, sometimes the story behind the movie is more interesting than the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that can happen a bunch too. I think that it was interesting that uh, for... What was that movie called? Kristen uh, Stewart was just nominated for an Oscar, directed by Pablo Lorraine, Princess Diana. What was it called? Spencer. I thought it was interesting oh, yeah, yeah. that Spencer um, essentially just took a lot of liberties and created their own story using the existing character of uh, Princess Diana. But in my perspective, the way I feel about it is that they used Princess Diana like a real person instead of creating a new character because then it saves time where you would have to explain like who this person is, you know, like what the, the, um, why why they're treated with like authority or what their relationship is with yeah. um the people around them you know their country uh the media their family like all of those bits of information are more or less implied before the movie starts and i thought that that was really interesting that they did that and still created their own story because then you just don't have to express that in the film you kind of already have a vague idea of things going into it about the character i thought that you know, there was something that helped the film. I thought that that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and doesn't hold it back in any way. Yeah. Yeah, what what exactly was the question? Synecdoche? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's... Uh, when you go into a movie uh, you, uh, that you're expected to do research afterwards, is it a requirement? Yeah, I don't agree that Synecdoche New York is a film that expects you to do research as a requirement for... Like... Yeah, if you want to, like, uncover every detail about the film with a fine-tooth comb, like, watching the film shouldn't be, like, my review of the film. Like, that's not what a regular watch of the film should be. I mm-hmm. would say watch it twice. It's a film that expects you to look into yourself more than it expects you to look into the film, uh, in my opinion. So, yeah. Um, no, I think you nailed yeah. it there with the, a rewatch can be... I think some films do demand, like, watching it more than yeah. once to fully break it down um but that doesn't equate research i feel like you haven't truly watched a film unless you've watched it twice so yeah no i would agree with that yeah let's do this one then this was one of the things we were written in most about to be honest um from mark crit 75 do you think general audiences are starting to feel the Marvel fatigue? I feel that the movies since Endgame have not really been held in high regard, with the exception of Spider-Man No Way Home. Also, since Marvel is known to have an overarching narrative, catching up and watching the plethora of shows being spewed out also feels more like a chore. We also feel general audiences are picking up on the rush nature of the productions, with the examples of the VFX being poorly implemented in movies like black widow and thor 4 mm-hmm. do you think we'll see this trend continue or is this just a brief lull for the studio so that's been the latest drama. not if you keep buying the tickets it'll stop as soon as you stop buying the tickets idiots and that's not happening people are complaining like yeah people yeah. are complaining about the movies like man marvel's really gone downhill i bet they'll stop you're buying the tickets still they're still making exactly. millions of dollars they're gonna keep doing it see and they're gonna be shit and they're see? gonna know that they can make movies that are shit that still make money <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah i see them because i enjoy them that's why i see them i don't see them as like a i don't see them just to shit on them i see them because i genuinely like i enjoyed doctor strange i enjoyed mm-hmm. thor they're not like amazing um, but yeah, there's there's a fatigue going on, and yeah. it's like, then stop watching the fucking movies, then jerk off. Like that's how I feel, like what you're saying. Like just stop fucking watching it. Yeah. How do you even measure the fatigue? Then they'll start feeling it in their wallet, right? Yeah. 
apparently VFX studios, they, they hate working with Marvel. It's just like so demanding. I think they have like five or six different VFX studios working they for them. They exploit them. They're like not you. Yeah, they, do. They, they rush them. <laughs> like all these effects look like shit because they're fucking rushed like to, to meet yeah. a deadline or whatever. And yeah, yeah, I do feel bad for them. Like there's more going on in the film aside from that, obviously. And and yeah, it's, they're not really building to anything. Like they already had like the Avengers and they're not setting up anything. Like they need to start doing shit with like X-Men and mm-hmm. like all these other properties they have. Like yeah. what are the new characters? Like they haven't, like Shang-Chi is a new character. That's it. Like, I can't think of any new characters that they well, really... Well, they tried with, like, the Eternals, The Eternals, Eternals didn't that they? was fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're talking about making Eternals too. I'm like, why? Like, of all the things to do, why would you do that? You know? Harry Styles is in and, it. And, yeah, like, the new Black Panther film, Wakanda Forever, which is, like, nothing about yet. Um, I think they're going to release some stuff on, around Comic-Con, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, Daniel Kaluuya is not in it. Um, I think that's how you say his name. And, and you know, obviously, T'Challa is not in it. And it's just like all this shit. It's like, okay, so where are we going here? Yeah. You know, I, I feel people generally have like some concern there. It's that social media thing though, isn't it? Where it's like, yeah, something, but there might be like a little bit of a conversation about like VF, VFX artists in, in Marvel movies for like a week or something. But what is that actually, how does that actually affect their bottom line? You know, like the, this mm-hmm. Thor movie's already passed up like 100K ratings on MDB. I feel like it's already people are buying tickets they're seeing it. it's probably made shit tons of money mm-hmm. so that's yeah. the only thing that would change it i think that at the very least even if the uh, marvel superhero films are still profitable i think that something like top gun maverick existing right now which is the first film of 2022 to break a billion dollars did did that before any superhero movie there was the batman there was doctor strange like they've existed they've been released for longer periods of time uh, Top Gun Mavericks, like one of the newer ones. I think that studios are paying attention to things like that because at the end of the day, sure, they're making profit off of all of these uh, superhero movies. But when they see something, they're like, we could make more profit. They take note because they don't Disney. They don't want to just make money. They want to make all the money. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. this <laughs> might be it, Top Gun Maverick might actually I mean, it's expected that it could influence studios in a way to try and replicate that i just don't know if we'll find a formula as easily as they did with superhero films the superhero formula was like okay we got it bam boom disney figured it out and then everybody watched it forever i don't know if it's going to be that easy to replicate something like this like what are they going to look at they're going to be like okay what other 80s movies can we you know do a little soft (laughs) reboot of and like practical effects maybe like can we get an action star like i don't know how they're going to pull that off so um we'll see an attempt we'll see them try but I don't mm, know. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't know if it's going to shift the culture. I feel Marvel's very usually responsive to like the audience reaction, and you know, even if they make money, they're trying to like make something audiences like. So they'll try to like get the feedback and like respond to it. Um, but you know, I don't know if it's just fatigue and or if it's just a lull or you know, I'm not sure if they they could bounce back. I think they can. I think they have enough of an audience there to like bounce back, even if it's not as much as like. Um, Top Gun, you know, Morbius too. I feel like the people making those films, like, <laughs> that doesn't even count. Probably the success of uh, like it's the crossover stuff, man. Like, like the latest Spider-Man, like that. Mm. That was a huge, huge commercial hit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the biggest one they're gonna have for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that made money without China, which is like almost unheard of. Yeah, no, but uh, T the redditor left this comment along kind of similar lines saying that 
the, the four films that came out after Endgame have had a huge decline commercially with the average of 400 million, the highest being Shang-Chi with 432 million. To compare to older phases, the average for phase three was around 850 million. Um, then they went mm-hmm. on to say, is this due to COVID or people just being tired of it? And so that is quite a considerable like drop off, I suppose. If they're, yeah, I think it's a mix of if that. If they are looking at bottom line, they want, they want everything to be like Endgame. Like ideally, mm-hmm. like that kind of like resurgence of people going to see it. And- I feel like after Endgame, you're going to get a drop off because it's that's the peak. Mm-hmm. They need to build themselves back up to that point again, um, and that's going to take a while. But I think it will happen eventually. I don't know if we'll get another Avengers movie in the same way. I think maybe we'll get an X Men film that's like an event. Or, or something like that, you know. I think they're they're yeah. they need to they need to try something different, and they need to definitely respond. They would have been in more trouble if they if they if Disney didn't buy Fox. I feel like because I feel like a big part of it is just like the the characters they had, and they've like gone mm-hmm. through a bunch of the most recognizable, most popular characters, and now like they release an Eternals, and it it doesn't land like a Guardians did in like a weird like surprise like type way yeah it was actually like quite the inverse and they're probably hoping right. like oh this is this is supposed to be the new the new jumping off point for the for the new franchise thing that everyone's mm-hmm. gonna love and it's it's not really working out the same way so uh-huh i think guardians 3 will do well but they're gonna start phasing out they need to start phasing out those old characters because they're they're old we need to start making room for shang chi and x-men and like the shit like that like but there needs to be a future to this like it can't just be like the same we can't just keep making doctor strange movies and thor movies and like whatever like it's you know we've been dealing with the same characters for a while at this point yeah Um, i think doctor strange could have like one more movie in him um thor is very popular i see why they made him like such a big character and like chris hemsworth i think is really good um and they're talking about making another thor movie also so really you know i don't know yeah, it's mainly like those VFX. Like, I think that's the biggest. Like, I've seen that on Twitter. I think Twitter has a lot of bullshit criticism when it comes to these movies and just like complaining and whatever. And again, it's like, why don't you just not see the movie then if you're gonna just fucking bitch about it, whatever. Like, <laughs> but like the 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 VFX are a problem. It almost seems like people have turned more on a uh, Taika Waititi than just the MCU as a whole. It's yeah, like, Taika Waititi saying some dumb. A shit. A lot of it has been crit- criticism of him mm-hmm. specifically. So. Mm-hmm. He he's kind of a idiot. <laughs> Got him. Roasted. Um, Got him. Whatever. Yeah, it's um, they they they. I feel they need to respond. That's that's just how I feel. There's definitely something going on. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see uh, how things progress. I'm excited to see what they do with the X Men. I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> they're probably going to be gambling a lot on that. They're, they're like, shit, which mm-hmm. characters do we have? We still not? <laughs> like, that's one of the big ones, right? Yeah, so, that and Deadpool. Probably. Yeah. I feel like once that comes out, if they do it well, people won't even remember Avengers. They'll just be like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever. If it's just another Eternals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if it's another Eternals, then no. Yeah. Yeah, if they fuck it up, Oopsie. then they'd be mm. in big dude. It's a fan four stick. Yeah, fan four stick too. Yeah, Fantastic Four. I don't know what you could do with at this point. <laughs> so those characters suck. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who did Spider Man, um, John Watts, he was gonna oh, direct, yeah. and then he stepped away. So 
he'd be probably i don't know it's i think it's difficult to make a fantastic four movie mm-hmm. at this point especially because mm-hmm. like the josh trank one and the, the michael chiklis ones with like the the stupid suit and you know the roger corman ones and yeah uh okay I guess I guess that's good on Marvel. All right, uh, that does it for questions. We got to wrap things up. Awesome. Um, I believe we have a film recommendation. I think it's Alex's turn. Yeah, I believe it's me. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go for one that I think I brought up a few episodes ago. One I wanted to recommend. That being Brokeback Mountain. Okay, nice. Langley. Cool. Brokeback. It'll be nice to revisit. Um, it. I've never seen it. But it's always been on my list, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. This will be cool. Yeah, awesome. All right. Okay, Cowboy. Uh, if you haven't seen 2005's Brokeback Mountain, directed by Ang Lee, with Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal, Anne Hathaway, and Michelle Williams, uh, then check it out before our next episode. These episodes are recorded uh, and released every two weeks. Uh but you can get them early up to a week early uh if you go to sardonicast.com sign up for premium it's only two dollars a month also patreon.com slash sardonicast you could do that instead if you're familiar with patreon and want to do it there um you'll get these episodes as they're edited usually not a week early but uh we've been recording a bunch early just because i doing film festival stuff so yeah the next couple are uh, like a week early so um and uh we got merch merch uh, link in the description uh there's a sardonicast highlights channel which you should check out and subscribe to on youtube Mm -hmm. i've seen that and uh send us some fan art uh yeah just uh hashtag sardonicast fan art on twitter or just post it on the subreddit uh they'll show up at the beginning of the youtube videos all right thank you so much and have a lovely Great ass. <laughs> have a great ass. Have a, Goodbye. Have a great ass. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>